0: Friends, foes, and award show hoes. Welcome to Planet Fantasy's first ever award show, The Effies. On this inaugural episode, your hosts are celebrating all the best moments, memories, and more from WandaVision. And here they are now, your hosts, Damon and Kyle.
1: to another episode of the planet fantasy podcast and uh we've already been introduced so how's it going kyle
2: it's going good man i am ready for a very special episode of planet fantasy our inaugural episode of the effies how you how you doing man
1: i'm doing great it is like currently blizzard season in colorado so i'm (laughs) dealing with like two and a half feet of snow and yeah just trying to stay warm got the fire going in the in the uh, living room so yeah that's what i've got going on. Uh but that like said, big, big episode. You got anything fun going on in your life?
2: Uh just uh catching up. You are like miles ahead of me in the Pixar bench. I saw you just finished with uh with Soul. Um I am still if if the Pixar was like the MCU, I am still in the beginnings of like phase two. Um I the last one I watched was the Incredibles. So I have mm-hmm. quite a bit to catch up, but I'm loving it so far. I'm kinda like taking my time with it. Um yeah, has that been? Like, I, I feel like it's probably been a blast kind of rewatching all of that, right?
1: Um, it just makes me love Pixar even more. Like, I mean, I, I grew up with it, and I'm, we'll talk more about it in a future Pixar episode, possibly. But, um, I mean, I had Toy Story toys, like, growing up. I love Ratatouille, and it just solidified some of the my favorite movies as more of my favorite movies. And, and really... Some were really surprising at, at uh, how much I enjoyed them. So, you yeah. know, I'll talk more about those rankings at a later date. But, uh, you're, you know, you said Phase 2 MCU-wise for Incredibles. Incredibles, is that the Pixar's uh, Winter Soldier?
2: Oh, that's a good comparison, because I feel like that's the one, you know, Pixar was already pretty well established, but that's the one that kind of like the Wonder Soldier, it takes it to the next level, right? Like it's them proving that they can really do basically whatever they want. And yeah, that's still probably like my number. I'll see with this rewatch what beats it, but it's still probably like my number three or number four favorite. I like it. Okay. well,
1: so that's enough talk about Pixar. That's not why we're here. We're here about another Disney property. All right. Um, we're just fresh off the season finale of WandaVision. All right. Just last week, uh, this was the first Friday with no content. It was sad, sad face. But <laughs> you no, know, by the time you listen to this, we're only a few days away from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Very hyped for that. Oh, yeah. um, but this whole episode is going to be dedicated to WandaVision and everything that goes into it that went into it. And uh we thought we'd give away some awards. So this is a brand new mini series, y'all. We're talking about the WandaVision effies. Kyle, you want to tell the people more about the effies?
2: Yeah, so I mean you you know we we love all the the good parts of award shows. Most of the most of the time award shows are full of crap and uh they miss the mark on a lot of stuff. So we decided that uh you know we would We'd have our own award show for the nerds, right? For the people who celebrate like these big franchises, like Wandavision, like you know, the MCU, we're going to have this for all kinds of franchises, for movie series, for movies, for TV series. And we're just celebrating, like, the very best that that stuff has to offer. Um, and we're framing it with kind of like the, the mind frame of a uh, school superlatives, that you'll see that with the names of some of our categories. Um, and, you know, there's going to be different categories, depending on what we're talking about. With WandaVision, there's stuff that's very tailored to the content that they they covered. Um And yeah, we're just kind of we're going to be breaking down our personal nominations and then deliberating on what we think won that category. And yeah, this is uh, the end all be all. You guys can listen to this podcast and you don't ever have to watch another award show ever again. (laughs) Yes. And
1: everybody, uh, you won't see the visual, but my boy Kyle's in the suit looking sharp.
2: I had to rep. I had to (laughs) rep. I'm already sweating, but I had to rep for an award show.
1: (laughs) And I'm just in my uh, work clothes. So, you know. We're ready. We're ready to go. And with that, I believe we're ready for that uh, first category.
0: And now the nominees for Freshman of the Year.
1: Before we get to exactly what we're going to talk about with our noms, I'm just going to tell you, Freshman of the Year, we're talking about the newcomer to to acting or to the series, in which this case we're going to be talking about the MCU. So we're talking about our favorite person actor character that is brand new to the marvel cinematic universe kyle who's your first nominee
2: yeah so um so for this one it was interesting you know we uh this is going to be one that's probably going to you know show up for quite a bit of our effies um with this one it's tough i'm glad we're opening up to just brand new to the mcu in general because otherwise there's a there's a it's kind of slim pickings um but for my first nomination, I've got to go with no matter how I feel about how you know his arc ended up in the series. Um, I've got to go with uh, Evan Peters as you know Pietro slash Pietro slash Ralph Boner.
1: <laughs> Boner
2: Boner. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think that he bringing um, regardless of theories, regardless of who we thought he might end up being considering who he's played before, you know, in the Fox universe, Um, bringing someone with that level of talent in was a really great call. And I I'm taking this nomination as like an optimist thing. Like, I really hope we see him again. Um, I think that's very highly like possible that we see him again. And uh, Evan Peters, just no shots on Aaron Taylor Johnson, but there was just never any chemistry between him and uh, Elizabeth Olsen in age of Ultron. I, I just wasn't a big fan of, of that. And so in one episode, the first episode that he's in, Evan Peters already has so much more chemistry with Wanda. And the scenes where they're, she's talking about how, how she felt after losing vision and about how we're hinting at how she created Westview, him playing off of that. And we don't know who he is at that point, but like, I just, he has this really natural chemistry with everyone he acts with. I mean, Evan Peters is super talented, but I'm just glad that they brought him in. Like you, and you could even tell he had so much fun playing with the kids and stuff. Like, I love the behind the scenes of him. Like, you know, he's giving Billy like a knuckle sandwich and stuff. Like, it's just, uh, you you could tell that he had a blast filming uh, WandaVision. So I had to go with uh, Evan Peters.
1: Solid, solid. My first nominee will be Tiana Paris. Mm. Um, Of course, Monica Rambo. We see her first show up essentially um, as Geraldine, you know, just as their. you know the very unassuming neighbor one of the neighbors of uh, Wanda and then we end up finding out of course it is Ma- Monica you know the uh, the child that we first meet in Captain Marvel so I'm kind of playing with it it's not a newcomer character but it is a newcomer as far as actress Tiana Paris this is her first role in the MCU and she knocks it out of the park she's so commanding as Monica she's calm she's confident um, she seems so genuine and caring. Like, the whole time, she's always vying to make sure that Wanda is protected. She's She wants everyone to know that this isn't Wanda's... Maybe it's her fault that she's not doing it on purpose. You know, she's just as much of a victim um, as anyone else. And she's wanting to make sure Wanda isn't going to be painted as a terrorist, as we hear Hayward Caller, I believe, in Episode 5. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, Tiana Paris is just... I don't know, there's something about her, like, I love her smile, and she seems very, like, she's going to be very believable in the action scenes, like, when she gets her powers to go full, full on, which, of course, we see her, her whole origin story unfold, you know, we we see her wake up from the blip and see what happens with her mom, we see this, her, is her first mission back since, and it's like, it's crazy, it's that this is her first mission back, you know, yeah. Um, And then she goes into this this anomaly, and she just kills it. Like, so believable. I, I loved every scene she was in. Um, and honestly, I saw a bunch of internet talk that, like, people were like, okay, I want to see. I'm ready for her and Captain Marvel. Like, let's go. Let's finish this up. Let's go. Like, I want to see more of Monica. So, like, that's such a – they did such a good job of showing her, introducing her, and propping her up for the future. Like, she's going to be an Avenger. Mark my words. Oh,
2: yeah. Happening. 100 percent um and so i had only one other nomination she was uh my other i had three so between her and pietra i had one other and that has to be uh catherine Hahn as uh agnes slash agatha harkness i mean not only does she get her own theme song which is always a plus but uh and it's the bang it bangeriest of bangers <laughs> uh but uh she is just god she's so funny like she's so good i i love the actress anyway i mean she's super talented and stuff like you know Step Brothers, and uh she's one of my favorite side characters in parks and rec um and she's just been around for so long she's even great in into the spider-verse as uh as doc ock you know she's she's just been like killing it forever and bringing an actress like as naturally funny as that in to play this villain Already, so I think, I'm of the personal opinion that if you're going to do a villain, like, giving them some humor is never a bad thing. I think the over-serious villains are getting a little old at this point. So, the fact that she was able to kind of, like, fuck with Wanda a little bit, but you also see that she is, like, she's kind of layered, too. Especially on what's probably my favorite episode, you know, previously on the um, penultimate episode. We get a lot of exposition, and you get, you know, her seeing Wanda's entire story, her life story. And you get to see that it actually affects her, like, emotionally. You know, she actually starts to really understand where Wanda's come from and how she has such a tragic backstory. And we see a bit of her backstory as well, how she was, like, a really powerful witch. And, you know, her mom kind of cast her out. And I just, bringing her in, I love that she, that the MCU went against their formula of killing villains off and that she's not dead by the end of the show. I'm, I'm so glad they didn't do that. You know, y'all, I would have been fine if they just killed Hayward because fuck that guy. But, <laughs> but, uh, I'm so glad that she's still alive and she is very much like, like they said in the show, she's exactly where Wanda needs her. Like, if Wanda needs her help again, she knows where to find her, right in Westview. You know, she's just an unassuming citizen of Westview at this point. So, uh, the future is bright for Agatha Harkness. I think that we'll see a lot more of her, maybe in the next, you know, in, in Doctor Strange, who knows, uh, depending on the villain they have. But, Catherine Holland just knocked it out of the park as, as
1: Agatha. 100%. That was my other nominee. I only had two for this one. Um, I think it was clear, like, first time in the MCU and reading an interview, she's like, you know, now she's like, I'm good. I'm ready for more. She's like, I get it. And, like, you hear that so much from all these, like, MCU actors and actresses. Like, they're like, it's just a certain kind of experience and vibe. It's like, to be, like, a fly on the wall of those sets and to see, like, the magic happen. Like, I still haven't watched the uh, the behind-the-scenes for WandaVision yet. It, it just dropped Friday. Um, I've been busy binging uh, my Pixar, of course. But I'm going to get on that, and and just to see how it was made, and, and see that chemistry being forged, you know. Um, and Agatha is great, and I'm de- that's why I definitely had her as my other nominee. And so I think we should go ahead and talk on who we think should win. Yeah, 100%.
3: And the winner
2: is. All right. We are breaking down our first winner of the freshman of the year. So let's break down all these nominees. We've got Evan Peters as Pietro Pietro Ralph (laughs) owner. We've got um, Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau. And we've got Catherine Hahn as Agnes slash Agatha Harkness. So what just out of those three gut instinct? What's your thoughts?
1: I I instantly lean towards Tiana Paris. I I think she was just so commanding, um, and so I think she we know she's going to be more integral into the future. So I think it was more important that she kind of nailed it. Um, whilst I will say Agatha's performance really like WandaVision success probably hinged on that more. Mm-hmm. But Monica's uh, importance going forward, you know, they needed to build that up just as much. So. I really – it's almost as toss it between the two, but I, I instinctively lean towards Tiana. What do you think?
2: I, I feel the same way. I think that – yeah, you nailed, you nailed it on the head. Like, Catherine Hahn, without her, the show is not the same. But without Tiana Paris, first of all, the writers just nailing the origin story, like you said, with your nomination. Man, they – so one thing the MCU does so well is – I think of, like, Civil War, you know, bringing in Spider-Man and bringing in Black Panther – the way they incorporated Black Panther into that story and that kind of being his origin story and then jumping off from that to his own solo movie was like seamless. And they did the same thing with Monica. We got all our information in that one episode with, the, uh, you know, the blip, her coming back from that, which was really a really cool scene. And then I love that her origin is not, you know, some freak accident. It's not, you know, kind of like your by the numbers comic book origin. Her origin story for becoming a superhero is because she wanted to help people. It's because she wanted wanted to go into the battle lines and help Wanda. And I love that. Like so I think I, I'm with you. I lean towards Tiana because that's one that we'll see we'll probably be seeing her name again in upcoming Effies, honestly. Like you know, she is gonna be so important to the MCU. I think with this new phase, she will be one of the, the faces of the MCU going forward. So I think I can comfortably say if if you're thinking that, I, I, I let's go with Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau.
1: Freshman of the Year winner.
2: I love it. Love it. Award, All right.
1: Next category.
0: And now the nominees for Teacher's Pet slash Class Bully.
2: All right. So as you heard, the next category is the Teacher's Pet or the Class Bully. Uh, I like the sound of the Teacher's Pet. You know, this is that... This is that character that is just the nuisance, you know. They are the thorn in other characters' side. They're just the people that we love to hate as the viewer, you know. Um, And yeah, they're just they're the ones that constantly pop up as an obstacle for our heroes, and that's really the only function they serve in the story. So, what's your first nominee for this category?
1: My first nominee for teacher's pet is Agnes. Oh wow! Okay. Yes. Um, so we've heard it from the creator, the writer of the show, um, our director, I believe, you know, the big bad of the show is grief. And then they were lucky because the second big bad was Agnes. Um, and I guess you could say the third was Hayward, but fuck him. Um, (laughs) but Agnes, I mean, you, you don't see that she's a thorn in Wanda's side until previously on you know yep. the penultimate episode or really at the end of episode seven with the amazing agatha all along we <laughs> get to see how she was putting her wiggly woos all around wanda you know she was she was the one who uh, brought Pietro boner around you know she had her hand in the uh, magic show she was the interviewer for uh for wanda in when she was in the modern family mockumentary interview mm-hmm. you know she was just she was a little bit here and there and she was really just trying to do whatever she could to separate Wanda from vision so she could get her alone and essentially figure out like how she could be so powerful. Like, I mean, that was the whole point really kind of with Agatha being there in my eyes. She was trying to figure out, okay, how does she do it? I'm going to try to get as close as possible. I'm going to try to figure this out and be buddy, buddy. So she did whatever she could. So it's maybe not the most conventional teacher's pet, I would say, you know, not in the way you would think of, but she definitely was kind of the foil the whole time, mm. even if we didn't know it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she killed Sparky. How dare you? <laughs> That's I, I hate her, but I also just loved how amazingly hateful she became. Yeah. My first nom.
2: All right. Um. So my first nominee for this category is uh. it's going to be We mentioned him, director Tyler Hayward. Uh, He's played by Josh Stamberg. Um, God, just like the minute this guy is introduced, he's just like, fuck this guy. Like, he's just such a dick to everyone. He's not only this guy who is like really aggressive about how he wants to deal with the Westview situation. He's just labeling Wanda a terrorist. There's no nuance to like how he wants to deal with that situation. Um, but also he's such a dick to Monica like he takes some digs at about her mom passing away and like he is like really he doesn't even care about Jimmy Woo or Darcy Lewis's involvement. He just like is so intent on what he thinks is necessary. Um, I really like the way they're spinning sword in the MCU like this was our first experience with sword as an organization and with him at the f- forefront of that like that's definitely going to be. Sword is going to be kind of a big bad in and of its own, you know, with with their intentions, with what he does with uh, with the second vision. I I just think that like from the get go, this guy. I remember there were even theories that he might have been. I mean, everyone was thinking that someone someone was Mephisto, right? Like every week, someone was like, "The Bunny's Mephisto, Pietro's Mephisto," and there were a lot of people who thought Hayward might be Mephisto, and I was okay with that not happening. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Um, I think he's just a dick like he's just he's just an asshole. And that's kind of like all there is to his character. And he just never there was never any other nuance. We didn't get any of his motivations. It was just that he he just saw a threat and he wanted to neutralize it and didn't care about any other story. You know, he didn't care about why Wanda was doing what she was doing. He didn't care about uh, what Monica could bring to the table. Uh, It was just like from the get go. I was like, okay, let's get this guy out of the picture. Like I care so much more about Agnes. I care so much more about what Wanda's is doing. Yeah, Hayward was just—he was a dick from second one. One hundred percent,
1: and um, that was actually my only nominee for Teacher's Pet. Uh, I felt like Agatha was perfect. Uh, do you have another nom? Um,
2: I had Ralph, you know, Pietro slash Ralph, just because of the way his character ended. You know, with the with the finale, we never got a real because we we were kind of wondering what what he. Brought to the table, character-wise, was he a Pietro plucked from another universe? Was he, you know, uh, Jimmy Woo's missing person? And in the end, he really was just a nuisance to keep Monica occupied in the in the finale. But I think even that, like, I, he was my nominee just so I would have another nominee. But I think that, like, he still brought other questions to the series. So he, he served other functions, right? Like he he brought up questions about uh, Agatha's involvement. So he's almost like a means to an end, whereas with Agatha and Hayward, their sole purpose is to fuck with Wanda and is to (laughs) cause problems. (laughs) So, yeah, I I think it's those two. Again, it's just between those two.
1: Fair, fair. All right, then. Uh, I think it's uh, safe to say we can uh, deliberate for the winner.
3: And the winner is...
1: Okay, when talking about Winner for Teacher's Pet, we have the three noms. We have Agnes, Agatha. We have Director Hayward. And then we have Evan Peters as our boy, Fiatro Boner. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't my boner, it's Fiatro's boner. Um, so, um, when we're thinking of the this as, as the foil, the antagonist, the person who's just someone that we, we love to not like... Um, who who's really standing out for you?
2: Yeah, I I just I think it, it's hard because it really is between like I just said it's between Agatha and Hayward for me because they're just both such they're so the actors all credit to the actors we talked about Catherine hahn but even um Josh what's his name Josh Stamberg as Hayward. I haven't seen him in a ton of stuff, but he seems to play this kind of role a lot. He <laughs> just kind of get short shoehorned into that, like the dick role. Um, and he plays it really well. So I'll credit to him. But um, I just think it's between the two of them. But I think it with Agatha, we get some of her backstory and we get like what happened to her to take her to this position that she's in in the present and why she's so curious about Wanda's power and what she could get from that. And with Hayward, again, we just get there's no nuance to his character. He's just written in very broad strokes. So the only indication we get from him is just that he sees a problem and wants to take care of it in a very I mean, look, they were they weren't shy about it in a very American government way. Right. Like he's a very gung ho shoot first, ask questions later. He opens fires on fire on children like he he opens fire on Billy and uh, Tommy. Is that the other kid's name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's ridiculous. He just shoots at them just because they display some bit of ability. And uh, it's just, it it <laughs> boggles my brain, like, why that happened. So he's kind of, like, the clear choice for me. But what, what are you thinking? You know, I have to, I kind of have to agree
1: with that. I mean, like you said, Agatha has motive. She has sort of a reason. And she's not actually really, it was hurting anybody. You know, she was really just kind of mainly wanting to figure out, what was up with Wanda and take that chaos magic. You know, Mm -hmm. she was down for killing Wanda. And of course we saw she was down to kill the kids, you know, had them (laughs) just chained up, you know, by the next, excuse me. And then, like you say with Hayward, he's just this person who is apathetic. He's there for the job. He's there to, to be promoted and get a pat on the back. He's there for money and profit. You know, he's all about that vibranium. That's Mm -hmm. why he's there. You hear him in the previously owned episode about like you can't take Vision. You can't put what was it three billion, three million dollars of vibranium into the ground, right? And it's like, okay, well, we know why he's there because if they, if Wanda created another Vision that he can take, okay, he'll he'll make three more billion dollars. You know, he'll take it all. Um, he's not there to destroy that Vision. That that was never what he wanted to do.
3: Um, <laughs>
1: But so, you know what, I kind of I kind of have to lean towards Hayward just because Agatha is so much more nuanced than just the teacher's pet. You know, if this was like villain, you know, or like the antagonist instead of just more the foil, I would say maybe her. But you know what, I, I, I kind of have to lean towards Hayward.
2: Yeah. Such a dick, man. I hope we never see him again. Honestly,
1: <laughs> and hopefully we don't have, to have ever have to talk about him after the, he wins this award. I, we shouldn't be giving him an award. I don't know why we're we're doing that. We're I guess we're honoring <laughs> him to be a terrible person. So, congrats. Yeah, congrats, Hayward. You win. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, that's the next category, then.
0: And now the nominees for class clown slash meme lord.
3: Class
1: Clown is going to end up being one of my favorite awards that we're we're gonna do. Um, I love comedy. I love humor. Um, everything's better with a little laughter. Um, everything, like even horror movies, if you can make someone laugh one second and then have someone being deadly afraid the second the next, you're doing it right. So for Class Clown, we're talking about someone that the character that is just you know gonna be the funniest of the show. So for Wandavision, who's your first nominee?
2: So for my first one, I've got uh, Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis. You know, she bringing her back was such a good call. I think that she uh, she gets kind of unfairly crapped on from the first Thor movies Um I can get it the first time I saw those movies I wasn't I didn't hate the character, but I didn't really like think she brought a lot to the table. And then in my most recent MCU rewatch, I think that she does really like fits this category very well because she brings a lot of really great levity and humor, especially in the dark world, which is one of the most bland MCU movies like there's no personality to that movie. So without her, it's just so boring, right So just she brings a lot of humor and personality to those movies and then bringing her in for this, I love that so one she's not she's not just comic relief in this show like you can tell that she has been like she has been on top of things since you know the the blip right she has uh, continued in her field and has only gotten smarter and more capable. so I love that they bring her in and she is clearly an expert in this field and then she just she takes she takes no shit from anyone right she takes no shit from from Hayward. Uh, I love the line she's like, how about that coffee? Still got that coffee from anyone? No? Okay, cool. I just, it's great. Like she just, the minute she appears, I love the episode that she shows up in when we kind of take a break from, you know, the sitcoms and we see like the real world. Um, of course, there's also Jimmy Wu who is a great addition. Uh, but Darcy is just the one who anchors everything in a really great like sense of humor.
1: Great nom. Uh, my first nom is going to be Vision. Um, Paul Bettany came to play um i grew up watching a night's tale like constantly okay Mm, so yeah my my introduction to paul bettany was his humor he's hilarious you know he's just has this great voice like i could listen to him talk about anything so you know and i love when he's talking about funny things so for them to allow him to be vision and be funny because that's not something we saw in the mcu vision
3: was
1: was this synthesoid, you know, that was very... He was emotion-ish, but he he didn't really portray that, you know? He was still learning. He was freaking three years old, you know? (laughs) He's a baby. But here, uh, we see him because, of course, he's he's kind of this non-vision, vision, vision, memory vision. I I really don't know how we should go in the future calling him because he isn't vision, but as we see in the ship of theseus conversation he is vision Mm
3: -hmm.
1: so you know just just fucking with our minds guys love it love you marvel (laughs) um but they let him play and he's so funny okay like he's playing like the kind of the lead role of the sitcoms he like kind of like ricky ricardo dick van dyke style he's just really riffing with wanda really funny you see him in the first episode at work he's like trying to be as normal as possible he's like you know talking to norm he's like i'm a organic based uh employee just like you norm you know (laughs) just trying to be as normal as possible and he's so bad at it um he's hilarious like when he's when he gets the gum stuck in him is is maybe the funniest part of it all he's just drunk he's just gum drunk and he's like
3: (laughs) flourish
1: like (laughs) so good um he's got like i love that the flourish i think is going to be a big thing going forward i, I think that's not going to die you no, know you see even see jimmy woo bring it back himself you know when he gets mm-hmm. the cuffs off him he's like flourish <laughs> it's just seeping out you know so that's my first novel
2: yeah. i love it yeah um and then i have Uh, So he was my second and I have one more. And that is she's probably just going to continue to be brought up this entire episode. But it's got to be Agatha Harkness uh, because she just she's so great at before we get the reveal of who this actually is. She's great before we know her place in the story you can already tell we're kind of suspicious about like who she might be and she's so great about playing with that it's almost like she's breaking the fourth wall and playing with us like the viewers but also messing with like vision and wanda and she's got some great one-liners uh i'll save one for our our best line category it's so dark in like hindsight but uh it, she's just yeah she's so fun she's always quick with a little one-liner i love at the very end when um wanda kind of put changes her back into a citizen okie dokie artichoke like that's just gonna that's gonna be in the the vocabulary of everyone now you know after this show so yeah she's just constantly kind of a step ahead and fucking with wanda fucking with vision and i i just love the sense of humor she brings to the to the show
1: uh, agatha was of course my other nom um you know, and I don't think anyone else was was really humor humor worthy. You know what? I will throw out our boy Pietro because mm. Pietro was pretty fun. He was funny. Yeah. He was a class clown, actually. Like as like as far as you when you think of a class clown, he's that class clown, kind of like rough and tough. You know, throwing the kids around, just being like that kind of like dude bro. You know, yeah. he was very mm-hmm. dude bro vibes in that episode, <laughs> and it was great um he's like yeah i'm the uncle you know just throwing him around call him demon spawn um (laughs) like you said earlier he just has this kind of energy about him where he really gels with just about everyone he's on screen with Mm -hmm. he works so well with billy and tommy you know and yeah i don't know if we'll mention them really too much more but like the the kid actors billy and tommy so good um i believe it's billy that is a wiccan yes he is of course uh He's the same actor who played, I think, uh, Kid Luke in Haunting of Hill House.
2: Yes, yeah.
1: And so, like, you you just see that carryover, how talented he is. Um, I don't think they'll have him going forward being Wiccan, because I will have an older Wiccan theory. But, yeah. So, I mean, I I think Pietro Boner guy was just funny. I mean, Snooper's going to (laughs) Snoop. The way he delivered that line is just like, Snooper's going to Snoop. Like, he's like, I gotcha. (laughs) i caught you yeah oops (laughs) you know and he's like boner you like he just you know he's just laughing at his own name uh so yeah i I definitely think he fits the ball
2: so all right i think it's time to break down our winner of this category
3: and the winner is
2: all right and the winner of uh the Class Clown, the Meme Lord, what are we thinking? We've got Darcy Lewis, played by Kat Dennings. We've got Agatha Harkness, played by Katherine Hahn. Um, we've got Ralph Boner, Fietro, Pietro, all of these things, played by Evan Peters. And we've got Vision, played by Paul Bettany. Um, I've got a clear one in my head, but I want to know what, what you're thinking.
1: I I go back and forth between Vision and Agatha. I just think they have, like as far as their quantity over quality like ratios they're going to be the highest you know like the time they're on the screen they are hitting up some really comedic numbers i didn't even mention like vision and darcy together of course on episode seven mm-hmm. they like just are magnetic together and like he's doing the whole mockumentary he's like why is there a microphone on me i have to go get wanda just like rips it off of me sounds so indignant he's like How? yes like he's so mad at himself <laughs> <laughs> Um,
2: i i have to go vision I I'm I 100% agree. They're all hilarious. They all they have great chemistry, great comedic timing. But yeah, I mean he we just talked about some of these great you know 60s sitcoms on our last episode with our 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 first episode of Children of the Two. But like he gives me such big Dick Van Dyke vibes, especially in the early episodes when they're you know paying homage to that show. He's just he does so great, uh, such great like physical comedy. Like you mentioned when he has the gum in his system. I mean, like, the, the guy just, like, puts it all out there. He is just so funny. And even the, you know, the line about, like, the my husband with the, what is it? My husband with the indestructible head or whatever, which is, like, <laughs> fucking sad in hindsight, right? But it's so funny because he's just, the way they interact, the two of them, you know, um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen will certainly get some love later on in this in this episode, but she's also really funny. Like, they just play off each other really well. And so I think that he is the clear winner just because... Paul Bettany is a very funny actor, but like you said, we don't always remember that because of Vision, because of Jarvis. You know, he doesn't get to do a whole lot of humor with uh, the MCU, and this show allowed him to just, like, absolutely flex on everyone. Like, he's just, oh, God, he's so funny. So I think we can comfortably say the, the uh, award for Class Clown goes to uh, Mr. Paul Bettany as Vision.
1: He deserves it. And you saying that, I really hope he goes forward and does some more comedic roles. You know, Mm -hmm. give him a TV show or something. I want to laugh some more. So, yes,
2: absolutely. All right. I think that takes us to our next category. So let's go on to the next one.
0: And now the nominees for School Song.
2: All right, next category, as you heard, is school song. This is the best musical moment. Um, this is one that's going to be probably present for all of our effies, um, but it's very fitting for this one because WandaVision, man, they nailed some of their musical stuff, right? Like it's just such a treat that they they went, they got really creative with it. Um, so, what's your first nominee for our our, our best musical moment or school song?
1: WandaVision, what WandaVision? It, it's so catchy, uh, the opener of uh, episode two, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you got like the kind of bewitched sort of like animation going on. Yeah. And it's just super catchy. Like WandaVision, one WandaVision. One like I've had it stuck in my head all week. <laughs> so like if that tells you anything, um, that's how good it is. Like, I mean, the composers, the producers of these, uh, I forget their names. They also worked on, I believe, what, Frozen and Moana? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, i mean if that tells you anything about their skill like they knocked this out of the park every single thing they touched i almost wanted to nominate everything so that i stuck (laughs) to a couple so yeah, yeah that's my first one
2: what's yours uh yeah so keeping with the opening themes i'm gonna jump to episode five on a very special episode this was the you know like the 80s one or uh you know a big like I was gonna say Full House vibes, but that was, I think, it was missed opportunity. We could have gotten homage to Full House and one, you know, full meta with uh, with that. But uh, the opening theme to that was just so. You have the duet between the guy and the girl. Um, I love the the uh, the visual of it. You got the drawing of of Wanda and Vision, and yeah, the um, the song is just really catchy. It's not quite as catchy as the one from that you mentioned from episode two, but it bringing in the guy and the girl, like that power duet, right? Like that was so eighties. So that, that one's been, since we've been doing research and kind of rewatching episodes, that's the one that's kind of stuck in my head.
1: That's a good one. That, that was a family ties inspired. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think they had a full house inspired scene at the end when they had the, with the picnic.
2: That's right. Yeah. It's kind of that blink and you miss it, but they, they did. That's right you yep. know
1: had to have some sort of throwback to full house you know right at the olsen connection <laughs> um so my my next nom is going to be the iconic agatha all along okay yes. i mean it's it's so do 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 it was agatha all along like <laughs> like that beat is it's like i don't know it's a it's a banger. Like I get pumped up, you know, thinking about it and Kath, the fact that Catherine Hahn throws her, her own vocals down on it. chess mm, kiss. Um, Like that song hit, like, I think it hit up the like, Spotify boards or something charts. I don't know how that Spotify even works like that or anything, but I know it got like big on actual viral charts. Yes. That's how big it was. So I had to nominate. that.
2: Yeah. That was my final nominee as well. Uh, It's just such a bop. I mean, it's so catchy and it, these other ones are just great because they're great homages to like other sitcoms, but this is this great, like it's, we all kind of suspected something going on with Agnes. And then this one just really brings it home. And I love that instead of going in the direction of like this shocking reveal, making it really dramatic, they just go with this awesome, like catchy song and it fully displays Catherine Hans acting ability. Like you said, her vocals are really, really great. Um, And then with the ending of the and I killed the dog, too. And like that maniacal laugh just (laughs) seals it. It's so good. So, yeah, that was my final nominee as well. Um, So now we can break down uh, the winner.
3: And the winner is.
2: School song,
1: who's going to win school song for WandaVision? Kyle, who's got your vote?
2: Um, yeah, man, I a lot of this stuff was super catchy, but I think it's going to be Agatha all along. I, I think this is probably the easiest one we've done yet. I just yeah, as soon as people mention WandaVision, I just want to start singing this song there. We, we started like their friends of mine have started to like put other people's names into the song. You know, it's just it's <laughs> already a part of normal conversation. So I think that's a mark of like a really great like this is going to live on in the MCU. This is the first time an MCU villain has had their own you know, theme song. So uh, yeah, it's got to be Agatha all along for me.
1: 100% it was Agatha all along for this win. <laughs> like as soon as we said, we're going to do wine vision for our first episode. And we had this award. I was like, okay, well, I already know who's going to win it, Like, yeah. <laughs> just write it in chalk, you know? Um, but like you said, this song is going to be in our lexicon and our like pop culture references going forward. Um, even if we don't see Agatha again, which would be a travesty. This song is going to just still be there. People will continue to be like, where's Agatha? Where she's at? It was her all along. Like, just be like, just wait. It was her behind that and behind that. Yeah. Um. So definitely deserves that
2: win. Agatha all along. Well done, Catherine Hahn. Do you think this could go up for any... Um. I don't know if it would qualify for... I know the Grammys, as we're recording this, the Grammys were tonight, but... Mm-hmm would this qualify for any awards do you think
1: i don't know i mean i mean would it be like an original like tv score or something or like do they have like tv like set theme song awards i don't know
2: yeah that's the thing i I know the emmys don't do the well the emmys already happened but i know they, i know they don't they don't do awards for like best original song or anything so i guess if it was going to happen it would have happened tonight at the grammys i'm that's why we exist i mean that's why the hippies are here this award
1: show is better you know we T- we're hitting all the important parts
2: exactly so well earned well done agatha all along
1: let's hit up that next category
0: and now the nominees for teacher of the year
1: yes the noms for teacher of the year um in regards to wandavision or or any other series going forward teacher of the year is just going to be that kind of mentor character that teacher character Um, it could even be like that big brother, big sister, you know, just anyone who's going to be giving out that sage advice, someone that's kind of even being a mentor and just looking out for the main character, you know? Um, so who do you have for teacher of the year?
2: Nah. So I, I only have two nominees for this one. Um, a lot of our characters in this show are playing catch up with information. A lot of them are, are, they don't, they're in the dark for a lot of the series, um, But one, uh, my first nominee is Vision. Um, He is just the voice of reason, not only in this show, but really in the MCU a lot of times. Um, In Civil War, I think of how he has that great quote, like, our very nature is uh, destruction or something like that. And he actually, like, made me think about Team Tony. You know, like, it's easy to think about Team Cap in that movie, and he actually— gives you a convincing argument for for team tony um and in this show he is just constantly the voice of reason you know before we get the uh he has a wonderful wonderful line in the penultimate episode but even before we get to that he he himself is like trying to figure out what's going on and he thinks that he he thinks that wand is up to something but he himself is still providing advice to Wanda and I think kind of providing a calming effect to her and that's the best example I think of a teacher or like a mentor character who uh is able to like calm someone down and kind of steady them right he's he's the person who steadies Wanda so yeah he's got to be my first nominee um that
1: was also going to be my first one uh just to add he he was like her rock you know he was he was steadying her he was kind of keeping her her vision straight so to say you know um, as much as he could and he you know ended up failing kind of badly there you know sort of he kept getting distracted and pulled away and uh he was letting like the mystery of the hex pull him away just like Wanda wanted to happen you know mm-hmm. um but I had him as teacher of the year also because I mean he is the voice of reason he's also giving us a lot of things to think about such as Like one of my favorite scenes, the ship of Theseus conversation. You know, he's giving us stuff to chew on and think about. Like, people who had never ever heard about that uh, debate and idea have has probably poured over it constantly over the last week or so. You know, it's like, and now it's a meme. You know, so just adding that out there so more people will know about it. You know, we should know more about all these old stories because they always have something to tell us. You know, and like this idea is like. You know, are we vision? Are you vision and my vision? Are we both vision? If you take away, you know, my thoughts or my memories or if you take away my body, it's just so great to think about because that really is their whole dilemma. You know, are they vision? And I really want to see that going forward. The idea, who is White Vision? What is he going to end up being? You know, gotta get more White Vision. Yeah. Um, but Vision is Teacher of the Year nom. But I'll go with my my other one for sure, Monica Rambo hmm um like i said earlier she's kind of an advocate for wanda throughout the the whole series she's she can when she gets out of the anomaly she says she's like i could feel it i could feel the grief on me like it was like a physical entity um and i fully believe like the grief is almost is is definitely was kind of like the literal fuel that she created the hex on you know it was like it was literally created on grief
2: yeah
1: uh, and, and it was feeling it all so Monica being able to see that and continuously trying to help Wanda and getting thrown out and waved away literally, like literally thrown out of the hex through walls, you know, and she kept going and she kept advocating for it. Like I said, against Hayward, she was like, she's not a terrorist. You know, if the, she is the problem, she is the solution, you know, yes. uh, and they have to help her, you know, if they're going to save everybody and save Wanda. Um, so I, I think Monica would be the other teacher that you're not for me. Who do you have?
2: Yep, she was my other nominee. Um, yeah, just to echo what you're saying, she is uh, its just such a, like, a steady presence in the show. She constantly is advocating for, you know, looking at all sides of the story before jumping in. Um, I just, I really love the connection that she formed with Wanda. That was really one of the strongest points of the series. Even in the finale when she tells her, look, like, She doesn't dismiss what Wanda did, but she tells her if I had the power that you had, the first thing I would do would be to bring my mom back. Like she I think that she makes Wanda feel seen in that moment, which is really important. And yeah, she's just I think that she's going to continue to be this kind of role in the MCU. She'll be someone who is very logical and very she's able to see all sides of the picture, you know, before jumping into action. So,
1: you know, you say that gave me like light bulbs in my head. Kind of maybe sort of a mix between Cap and Nat.
2: Yes. 100%. Yeah.
1: Like, as far as that, like, emotional and like that, how she'll fit into the Avengers, like, hierarchy and vibes, you know? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Kind of like that. She'll be like Nat because she'll be kind of, you know, see everybody. Nat was kind of, you know, always had these little connections with everybody and was always there for everybody. And then cap she almost seems to have that kind of inspirational feeling and like feel like she would be the one to give that speech
2: right you know? yeah that's a great call yeah because like the both of those spots are obviously vacant with you know cap being uh, an old man now and that being dead <laughs> uh We'll see with you know next week with what Falcon and Winter Soldier do if they take up the mantle from Cap. But in the meantime, yes, there is definitely a vacancy in those areas, and so that's a great call. She really fills both those spots wonderfully. So, um, those are our, our nominees. Let's break down who our winner is,
3: and the winner is.
2: All right, so we're breaking down the winner of Teacher of the Year. So our nominees are Monica Rambeau and Vision. So gut instinct, what are your, what are your your thoughts right out of the bat?
1: Um I love Monica and I can't wait to see what she does in Captain Marvel 2, but I have to go with Vision. Um like the, from the moment we meet him, he's just, you know, throwing out words of wisdom, you know. He's like he's like a baby and he's just like, you know, I don't know what I am, but what I am is not what, what is important. And it's just like all that, this, the uh, theoretical stuff he was saying to like Ultron, even, you know, an age of Ultron was, was so nice. Like that connection between them. And then in this, the, the, from Theseus to helping and comforting Wanda, I think, I think it's just a pretty much a no brainer. What do you
2: think? Yep. I agree. I, I love Monica. Like you said, I, when you said that about him or her, her filling the role of cap Nat, that's genius. So I can't wait to see how that plays out. But Vision is is the the no brainer here. I think that he was a teacher from the moment he appeared in Age of Ultron. He continued to be so in Civil War, even in Infinity War. He was the one who helped Wanda make that really really tough decision of you know taking the Mind Stone out of him. And so, and even in the show, he is he's the one who calms her. He is the steady presence, even when he's out on his own looking for, you know, answers. I love the pairing of him and Darcy. Um, and even in that, he's still a calm kind of presence so i i love it i w- this is very well deserved so congratulations to mr vision on winning teacher of the year
1: multi-winner
2: yeah exactly he's going for that egot <laughs> <laughs> all right let's roll to that next category
0: and now the nominees for best quote
2: Okay, like you heard, we are starting to get into the nitty-gritty now. The Real Big Awards. This is uh, Best Quote. Um, this show is just chock full of really memorable lines. Um, this is obviously an award that's going to exist for every Effie's. Um, our favorite properties, our favorite movies, TV shows have really memorable lines. So get us started, Damon. What's your first nominee Nominee for Best Quote?
1: Um, We have said goodbye before, so it stands to reason. We'll say hello again, you know. And uh-huh. this quote is shared by Vision and Wanda, you know. And it's so true because like they have literally said goodbye multiple times. And it's so heart, like heart-wrenching to, to think about that. And then for like this whole show, like she brings them back, essentially like creates him out of nothing, out of like the mind, like she says, the the memory and the mind stone in her mind. She creates him out of that, you know. Yeah. And and gives and and he is like this entity and she's just like, you know, so to do that and then having to say goodbye again, it's like, OK, wow, you know, maybe she was she was I think Wanda was dead set on this being just her future. Like just was there going to be in Westview with her family forever, girl old, you know, it was absurd to think that, you know, it was it was not going to happen. But I definitely think she thought it. And so for that to happen, uh, for them to have that moment was so special. It, its vision is just comforting her once again. These are words of wisdom. It's like yeah. you you won't be this is not the last you're saying of me. There will be more. Our our love is going to just continue to persevere. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh I love that line. I love that whole scene. That scene is fantastic. Yeah. What's your first nom? Um,
2: that's a that's a great one. Hard to follow that one up. That is definitely one of my my nominees. I'll go with one that I kind of referenced earlier. It just makes me laugh, but it's so fucking dark in hindsight. This is in the episode breaking the fourth wall like <laughs> mo- moments before we find out who Agatha, who Agnes really is. And she's talking about watching the kids and she's like, yeah, I actually did bite a kid once. <laughs> it's hilarious. And then you get who she really is. And you're like, holy shit, this just took on a whole, a whole new meaning. Uh, it's delivered to perfection from Catherine Hahn. I love that this is the episode that she says it because she's saying it directly to the camera, you know, breaking the fourth wall. And yeah, <laughs> I actually did bite a kid once, just man, it's dark, but it's great.
1: <laughs> and she doesn't even break it, she's just looking on like she's not even like smiling. She's just like, Yup, it happened. She's like, mm. <laughs> I yeah. like, I literally laughed out so loud. Like, that might be the funniest line of yes. Definitely should be here. Uh, So, so thankful that you said that. Um, Okay. My next nom would be, um, I didn't want to go with the whole line because it's just really a bit much, but this part especially really hit me. It is, you are my sadness and my love, but mostly, I'm, oh no, I'm sorry. You're my sadness and my hope, but mostly you're my love. Mm. You know, she's just telling, you know, Vision just asked, what am I? You know, like, Just like we're saying, I've kind of been discussing exactly what is vision this whole time. Like, is he an actual, like, real thing? Is he literally just this manifestation, and he's going to go away as he did? um, But he may still exist somehow. And he asks this, and and she just gives him this so sincere answer. Like, she just pour all of her emotion and hope and love and grief into him, and that's what he became, and that's what he is. And I don't know. It's just really moving.
2: Yeah. That's a beautiful line. And that whole scene, you mentioned it earlier, like it's just such a great back and forth between the two of them. I think that's the biggest win of this series is their dynamic. Like they just work so well together and her saying that. And then him like shedding the tear is just, Oh, it's beautiful. It's such a a beautiful scene. Um, So for my final nomination or nominee, this is probably, this is my pick for winner. And honestly, I mean, maybe recency bias, but it's probably my favorite line in the entire MCU. Um, It has been, I mean, if you know where this is going, you've heard this line so much since the episode happened. Uh, It is Vision in the episode previously on. This is in a flashback when he's comforting Wanda about her grief over Pietro. And he says, what is grief if not love persevering? Um, Just that idea. I I had to pause the episode because I was like, this is still the MCU, right? Like this shit is getting poetic. I mean, it's just I was blown away by this line. It's just so beautiful that I that picture of what grief can be because grief is o- often looked at as such a negative thing and such a difficult thing. And, and it is. But the idea of that being love that's persevering and, and the way our love kind of keeps those that we've lost alive That's a theme that's you know in Harry Potter and Star Wars and all over things we love and I love that that's represented here and he delivers it in such a beautiful way and that obviously is in flashback and it's when they were just starting to get to know each other and I think that really cemented their bond. You know when he said that to her I think she really truly got that he understood her and like that that started the 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 romance and the relationship that we see today so that's that's my final nominee.
1: That was the other nominee I had, of course. So uh, let's just go on with it and talk about the uh, winner.
3: And the winner is...
1: So this is weird to say, but this is simultaneously the easiest and hardest to decide. Because it it has to be, but what is grief, if not love persevering. But then those other lines are so strong. Mm -hmm. You know, like... Damn, like we have said goodbye before, you know, so it stands to reason. And then like he, he you know, Wanda finishes it for him, you know, just looking into each other's eyes right before he, he's he gone. He's like, you know, we'll say hello again. It, yeah. it's, it's OK. This is not goodbye. You know, we've, we've seen that trope over and over again. And so many things like this isn't goodbye. It's like, see you later, you know, stuff like that. But this is so elegant and so genuine. I, I love it. But but what is grief if not love persevering is like seriously like like you said you had to pause it and be like is this the MCU like but <laughs> um, of course we 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 found recently that Paul Bettany like at his suggestion suggestion that they kind of rewrote the scene you know it didn't have that before he wanted it to have a little bit more umph and meaning and so those writers were like okay Paul <laughs> we we got you yeah. <laughs> and then they delivered um what do you think
2: yeah i um, I, I had to get the Agatha one in there just because it makes me laugh but it really is between these two with Vision and Wanda and I man it's so tough because the way that Wanda delivers that one it's just so it so incredibly validates his experience you know like he he even mentions in an earlier episode he's like what am I like I'm afraid I don't know what's going on and he's he clearly has no idea what's going on he doesn't know what he is if he's real or not And the way that she just says, you know, you're a body of wires and blood and bone that I created. You're my sadness and my hope. But mostly you're my love. Like that just immediately like silences all those fears and doubts that he has about himself and validates their experience and their shared bond. So I love that line. But, yeah, I just I'm glad you mentioned that. I actually didn't know that, that he he requested that they reshoot that scene. That's just makes me love Paul Bettany even more. Like that's just man, that's awesome. Um yeah just what is grief if not love persevering like i said i think it will live on as one of the best lines in the mcu bar none you know you've got some really great it's got great company i mean there's a lot of great quips in the mcu not a lot of them i mean there's some of them that have a lot of emotional heft but this is one that will definitely stand the test of time um because it's such a universal theme like it's it's not just pertaining to the mcu or wandavision it's such a it, it's very relatable to um to to life so, yeah, that's got to be my pick as well. What is grief if not love persevering?
1: Yeah, it, that that had to win this. Uh, it deserves it 100%. So, best quote from our boy, Vision. He's just kind of racking up the awards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, then. Next category.
0: And now the nominees for Most Memeable Moment.
2: Okay, Most Memeable Moment. So, we've got... Quite a lot of choices. Uh, what what speaks to you first out of all all of these picks?
1: I am going back and forth between the eye wink and then the uh, what is what is grief uh, memes because mm. uh, you get a bunch of variety. You can go pretty much any single way you want to. Um, I, I think I kind of have to go towards the what is grief, if not love persevering because you have like the double and it's just like hilarious the the visuals that you get from the the people making those the eye wink is classic mm-hmm. i think it maybe will be used more going forward but I, I i think the love but what is love has a little bit more of a nuance to it it you know it's a little bit more elite in my eyes what do you think
2: yeah i i'm i'm between those two as well um i do want to shout out great call on baby vision because that Gosh, that made me laugh so hard the first time that showed up in that episode. It's just such a creepy picture. Uh, But yeah, I'm between the the what is grief and and the eye wink. Um, I'm actually so this is going to be interesting. I'm actually leaning towards the other one towards the eye wink because that's the one I've seen more often. Uh, Like I said, like in our in our group chat alone, I've seen it used a lot. And it's just all over Facebook right now. Like people are just using it and it really it works for basically any context um, and if we're talking about like most memeable moment, like that's the one that is getting the most traction. Like you said, it's like a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I agree though. I agree about what is grief. It, that one like takes a little more like you got to think of it a funny, a funny setup, a funny punchline for that one. Uh, so I hope we see more of it, but the one that I'm seeing the most right now is definitely that, that eye wink.
1: Yeah. You talk, I mean, we have to go with what the award is called, which is most memeable. Right. So I, I, I think it would have to be the eye wink. Okay, yeah. I think the other ones are funnier, okay? But maybe just won't be as much in quantity, so... Yes, yeah. Let's let's give it to good old uh, Aga- Agnes with the eye wink.
2: I love it. All right, uh, we're jumping to our next category.
3: And the winner is...
2: I meme, you meme, he,
1: she, we meme. Uh, <laughs> we all do it, so... Uh, we figured this would be a great award to add, you know. Um, this may or may not be one going forward, you know. I I feel like this might be a staple. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. But for WandaVision, we, as we've seen, <laughs> a plethora
2: of memes have sprouted. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: so uh, what's your first nom?
2: Well, this is leading straight out of the winner of the last uh, category. And I don't want to invalidate how beautiful that line is, but... <laughs> All the beams that have come out of this line are so funny. So I'll I'll share like my, my three favorites, but obviously people are just so smart. And Twitter has had a field day with the line, what is grief if not love persevering? So I have seen... Probably the most popular one. Paul Bettany himself talked about it. What is beef if not cow persevering? <laughs> uh, what is this one is too real, but what is this March if not last March persevering? <laughs> that just, that one's, that one hurts. Uh, and then my favorite, what is SNL if not theater kids persevering? <laughs> I just, I love, I love it. it. It's just, because it, it, the line is beautiful. Like we said, it's a beautiful, great picture of grief, but it's like people are so smart these days, man. Like Twitter, this is the good side of Twitter when people can take something like that and just endlessly riff off of it. So that's gotta be my first nominee. That's a good one. Um, I have
1: Agatha. Uh, I always want to like call her Agnes when she was Agnes and then call her Agatha once she revealed herself. Is that just yeah. me? Or you
2: want to do that no, too? Me too. Me too. Okay. Yeah. So Agnes,
1: <laughs> I wink in episode three, you know, when she rings her, uh, little bike bell. Ding, ding. It's yes. like, of course I'll do that. Whatever you say. It like, if, like i've seen someone people saying yeah i'll get to work on time wink wink <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it, it's a wink winks are perfect because like you see how animated she is in that in that meme it's like it's like uh, you're just saying yeah we're an all the joke this is not happening at all but i'm gonna say it anyways you know <laughs> um i've seen some really good ones from that and i just love it like katherine is like at her most animated in it so yes
2: makes for a great gif just in so we have a group chat with our friends anna and ryan and just in that group chat alone the gif has probably been used like up to 10 15 times (laughs) so we we love a good we love a good eye wink uh so my only other nomination nominee is um the scene in breaking the fourth wall uh kind of towards the end when monica comes back into the hex and tries to she kind of confronts Wanda, and you have wanda like yelling at monica and agatha kind of holding her back uh that being the top screen and the bottom screen being the lady yelling at the cat is that, just yeah. god it's just chef's kiss i mean like i didn't even think about that comparison that i saw it on facebook the next day and i'm like man i love i love the internet <laughs> people are so smart so that's that's my final nominee that's a good
1: one because that's a crossover one that's like that's a double meme. so yeah. that has like extra points for it so i love right. that one um, this is one of my favorites. I don't know, it's just hilarious. And I I don't see it being used as much. I think it's gonna gain a lot of traction. It's the two uh sword agents running and then they get turned into the clowns by the hex. Oh yeah. I've seen That's people a good one. Saying, yeah, uh, us, you know, running to think we're gonna, you know, get paid or something like that, you know. And just <laughs> get turned into clowns. Uh you can use it for anything, like, you know, just when you think you're 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 getting your way, you know, nope, nope, you're a clown now. Yeah. <laughs> or anyone doing anything stupid. Oh, there it is. They're clowns
2: now. Those guys running is those are me deciding to wear a suit for this podcast and then the clown is me sweating 20 minutes later.
1: <laughs> I I dig the determination, okay? I dig it. Uh so you didn't have any more noms, but I had a couple uh okay, kid vision.
2: The, the oh, internet was crazy. Think about that. Yeah. Kid vision. Yes,
1: and um, I I would be remiss if I did not mention the tales of Vichon. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Black Twitter went on a rampage with, <laughs> with the tales of Vichon, and it was hilarious. And like they gave him the chain, and they gave him the, the nice hat. Oh man, it's just that they went all out, and they, those are hilarious. So, yes. um. Oh, and one more. Okay, uh, Agatha in the director's chair looking back.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Yes. Yeah.
1: So there's a lot of memeable
2: moments in this show. Yeah. A lot of good choices for this one. So let's let's break down who the, the winner is of this one.
0: And now the nominees for most likely to go viral.
2: All right. You heard it. Most likely to go viral. So this is basically our category talking about that that one scene that sticks out that's gone viral already, that that scene or that character, just that moment in WandaVision that is shocking, that has the rewatch value, and it's gonna go viral. It's gonna be all over the internet for, you know, weeks, months, maybe years to come. So what's your first nominee for this category?
1: Okay, so I think eventually this is gonna be something that people like to end up watching over and over again. I think it's gonna be like a slow burn because people aren't like aren't realizing how just crazy cool it was to look at um but um essentially so vision leaves the hex and is being torn apart you know and it's just like screaming to telling the sword agents like help the people like get them out there you know like they're being they're in here and they need to be saved and as that's hap- helping happening um essentially wanda gets told by our our boy uh billy that uh you know visions being hurt so we we pretty much see wanda just go nuclear and just pretty much like expand the uh hex which was Mm. just crazy like that 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 amount of power being seen and just the hex being moved and of course i mean seeing everybody being turned into clowns is pretty hilarious and i love to see that happening and just like really good effects like it's going through town so you see it's like moving with like the car dealership that turning from new to old again, and you know, going over over vision, and then you have freaking Darcy like chained up, and she being been like, oh fudge, <laughs> um, just a really cool intense scene, you know, good good action packed, uh, you know, kind of thrilling.
2: Yes. That's a, that's a great call. I'm glad it was mentioned. It wasn't in my list, but it is one of those, like, it really grabs your attention. I also want to say, if we had an award for worst at their job, it would be the agent who just left Darcy there, handcuffed to the car. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> that's just... Ah, That's so upsetting. Um, but, you know, it gave us Darcy and vision. So I can't complain too much. <laughs> but that's a great call. Um, my first nominee is going to be going all the way back to episode one um, film before a live audience, live studio audience. It is the dinner scene. Um, more specifically, you know, that moment, really the first moment in the entire show when you start to realize things are not all peachy keen. Uh, Vision has his boss and his wife over, obviously the lovely uh, I forgot the actress's name, but the De- mom from
1: Deborah Jo Rupp. I yes. Believe.
2: Yes. From uh, uh, Kitty from from uh, that 70s show. Um, and uh, the guy starts choking and, you know, it's like it's a very normal scene that very quickly goes into like really creepy territory because he's choking and the wife is just like, all right, stop it. Stop it. And then she just repeats over and over again. And like you're just starting to get like real weird vibes. And finally Wanda's like vision help him. And he like, you know, he does his vision thing, reaches in and pulls the the food out of his chest. But like It's just the first moment and, you know, we all knew as viewers there had to be something wrong, right? It wasn't just a regular sitcom, but it breaks that fourth wall so quickly and so effectively where you're like, oh, shit, something sinister is going on here. Like, it's just they they build the tension in such a really great, like very uncomfortable way. I remember watching it for the first time. I was one of those who stayed up till, you know, 3 a.m. for it to drop. And I was just like, "Oh God, I should have stayed asleep." Like, this is this is giving me the heebie-jeebies. But it's just, yeah, it's so perfectly sets up the tension of like sitcom and and drama that this this show has.
1: I I love that Um, it's so uneasy, and like it definitely has a lot of rewatchability, especially now. Like I've have after having all the episodes drop, because now you know what was going on you know yes. like they were stuck in their own heads and being forced to do this so like that's even makes it creepier cuz you know her character is just like you know stop it stop it you know or was it right. what right was it stop it or was it help yeah it? Yeah, stop. Stop it. yeah so like you know like she's saying it with this like, face but like she really means it and she's probably like
2: screaming in her own head like yeah that's the creepy thing is like in her head she's probably like yeah like you said like help me like get me out of this and all she can say is stop it which is like oh it's so uncomfortable
1: <laughs> I, I love it um of course this one i think is going to be hard to top but the introduction of our boy boner yep. okay <laughs> it, it was something that everyone had been waiting for, okay? So, like, we were anticipating it, and then it happens. It was really great. Like, it was done so well. Like, you hear the – it was the knocking, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like, that wasn't me, you know, because we have Vision and Wanda talking about, like – he's like, okay, you know, are you doing any of this? What's going on? Like, they're real, like going at it almost, and, like – and then they kind of calm down, and then we hear a knock. He's like, I don't know what's happening. This isn't me. And she goes, and it's freaking this person who she's never seen before, you know. This is not Pietro of the MCU. And then like we we um, the way they show it, we see the silver hair, you know. We don't see that it's Evan first and then they show it. And then the like they have the fake crowd go, "Oh," you know, they yeah. clap. Ah, it's right. it's the big reveal, yeah. of course. And then like we see he's like, "You know, not going to let me give my stinking sister a big old hug." You know, yeah. just so good. <coughs> excuse me in just that scene everyone was like "Quicksilver, pietro it's happening mutants x-men let's go <coughs> so i had to nom that
2: that's yeah it's easily one of the most memorable moments in this entire mini series um yeah it, they set it up so perfectly i love the scene that precedes it where vision is starting to really question what's going on and the like tensions are running high between him and Wanda. And then, yeah, I love that. Like they do the, it reminded me of like family matters when Steve Urkel would show up and the, the audience would like clap and, you know, like oh the favorite characters back. Like I, that was such a great touch. And they immediately, I even love Evan Peters. We mentioned this before is such a good actor where he like, you see in his eyes watching back, knowing all the information we know, he says his line, but you see in his eyes where he's like, it's me, it's me, like, notice me. Like, it's just, I love the way they they set that scene up. So that was, that's a great call. Um, so my final nom- nominee will be from the episode previously on. Um, this is our, you know, our big exposition episode. We get a lot of information on Wanda, and there are some big... Honestly, some big retcons that happened to her origin, um, but ones that I was totally okay with. Like, it changes the way that she really—the fact that she has always had powers that have just been dormant. And the scene that I'm talking about is the Mind Stone scene. It, she is—you know—Wanda is, you know, Wanda is um, with Hydra, and she is uh, she sees the Mind Stone and opens it up, and basically gets this vision of the Scarlet Witch, like in full garb you know, what we see eventually in the finale, she sees this vision of it, of the Scarlet Witch coming towards her. And it's like one of those, first of all, visually, it's just so arresting. Like, it's just, it looks beautiful on the screen. And it's like, it opens up so many questions like, wow, has she always had this amount of power and it's kind of just now awakening because of the Mind Stone? You know, so that that scene was just so memorable for me.
1: I I love that. Um, I also had one more. And it was when Wanda exits the hex to go mm. talk to the Sword Agents because I was turned on and very scared. Um, <laughs> and I felt like that was just like everyone was like on the internet. I remember everyone was like, "She's not playing." Yes. And was, like, oh my god! Like, yeah. every, like when she like tilted her neck, you're like, "Oh shit!"
2: Um, yeah, that's the Wanda tilt. Like she's ready to fuck around.
1: <laughs> so yeah, like you know, they send the drone in, and of course, the drone's armed. And like Monica and them they don't know and they get mad about that <clears throat> but like she's not playing she comes out of the hex just ready she's like you know leave me the hell alone you know this yes. is my place fuck off and then she turns all the guns on a Hayward and just jets she's like I'm out peace mm-hmm. and then that's when the hex turns red right yeah yes it's a, this nice little blue static and then it goes into chaos magic red yeah so dope i really love that scene
2: That's such a great scene. And you know what? As you mentioned, when she turns the gun, you know what that reminds me of? And maybe this was intentional because it is her father. Yeah, the Magneto scene in the first X-Men. I'm sure it was intentional, but that's just such a cool callback. Like, first of all, what a what a like BDE move, right? Just turning all of the guns on him is hilarious. Like, what are you going to do now, motherfucker? But (laughs) yeah, that's that's a great scene. So a lot of great picks. Um, Let's start deliberating on our winner.
3: And the winner is
2: for most likely to go viral. Where we're
1: trying to decide the winner. Uh, What are you leaning towards, Kyle? Uh,
2: so I'm torn between. I'm torn between Wanda leaving the hex and the dinner scene. Um, so Wanda leaving the hex, like you mentioned, it's just. I think people like just consistently forget how fucking powerful Wanda is I mean she is truly uh, this show like I was so glad this show came out anyway because Wanda has been my favorite one of my favorite MCU characters since her debut in Age of Ultron I just think that like the way they handled her um, her and Pietro being enemies and then you know joining the event all of that was just so well done Um, and I think that like her power is fully on display in that scene You know, you mentioned also the scene where she expands the hex is also a great display of her power. But that scene is just like, wow, like she is not to be fucked with. She wants to live this, you know, this Truman show kind of fake life with her husband, with her kids, even with her brother. And if anyone tries to disturb it, she, you know. She is fully capable and fully willing to wreck shit, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think that that scene is, like, just very, if we're talking about most likely to go viral, one that's very rewatchable, very shocking, it's got to be that. It's got to be that scene or the dinner scene because, like I said, that's the one, it's the first indication that the curtain's being pulled back and we're getting a a glimpse of, like, what's really going on in, in Wanda's kind of fantasy land, you know?
1: Right, right. I like that. I like both. Um I think I do have to lean towards the Wanda exits the Hex just because the impact um, how theatrical it is. I I love it. I love the intensity, the action. We don't know what she's going to do in that moment. So, I don't have to tip it off to that one.
2: Yeah. That's I feel good about that one just cuz it also is a great placement in the series. You know, it's uh that's I think that's episode five, right? Yes. So that's right in that like the turning point of the series, right? That's right in the halfway point and we're really starting to get a glimpse of things unraveling. Her own world is kind of unraveling at this point and so yeah, that's that's really the point in the series where things are starting to get real. So I I think that that's very deserving of of the award. All
1: right then. Then so that's the winner and we're giving it to Wanda exiting the hex. Uh much dessert and we're going to roll to the next award.
0: And now the nominees for the Wallflower Award.
2: All right. So the Wallflower Award. Lots of great picks. Lots of great nominees. What jumps at you first, Damon?
1: Okay. So before before I kind of go with what I was leaning towards, I, I kind of like how we tackled this because we kind of tackled it from two perspectives. Okay. I went with kind of the more um, do more with less. Like they were still shining and they still like had their moments. But still like they weren't pivotal like they didn't have as much screen time as uh, what i would call the main characters you know right. monica wanda vision um you know Whereas you went with the very supporting characters the very minor characters that didn't maybe got just one or two scenes but they really d- did their thing you know and you really wanted to see them really open up you know like in caulfield i you know i was like oh crap anya i love anya I want to see her do something um but at the end of the day I, I do think we just kind of got tore up into the hype of like anybody we've ever heard of like oh crap they're they're gonna be something but at yes. the same time she's an actress she's gonna if you know gets a cast ca- got cast and it, it's a, it's a role you know
3: right
1: we're, we're, you know and that I think going forward we have to temper ourselves being like okay these people are actors doesn't matter what they've done previously always. No, yes. those are roles and this could be a completely different role, but like, oh, crap, they've done this. They had these connections. Maybe they'll be important. You know, our minds are always going to go to that. Right. Um, I would have loved to see her do more. I don't know, because because we went at it so differently. I would almost say I'd almost go either Emma or I would go Darcy, um, depending on which way we kind of want to lean the award to go towards. What what are you thinking?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Those are kind of my two as well. I think just because Emma is already, like, an established actress, she has proven that, like, she can take an relatively obscure character in a series. Anya was really supposed to be kind of this one-and-done demon in in early Buffy and ended up being, like, one of the fan favorites of that show. Um, She can play, like, really great humor in that show, but also... Just really, really great. Humor. She brings a lot of humanity to the role. Um, I'm thinking of like the episode "The Body" when Anya is like breaking down because she can't process this grief of losing Joyce. Just really, really great scene. Um, and uh, just going into this series knowing she was cast, I agree. I think I had a little bit of like this really high expectation of like, wow, they're gonna give her a, like a lot of really meaty uh, scenes with Elizabeth Olsen, and she's gonna have a lot of really great dramatic stuff and uh not seeing that. I remember just being a little disappointed when the show ended, but I think that yeah, you're right. We had to temper expectations because these people are they're actors first and foremost and they're they're cast in a very specific role. The writers know what they're they're doing before we do. So, uh she served the function that her character was supposed to serve and that was to display like what Wanda is up to, what Wanda's doing. Um I think her scene in the finale is very effective in showing that and showing just the extent of like how what she's put these citizens through. Um so I kind of I kind of lean towards Darcy in the fact that like we did we got we got a good bit of her, but just I would love to see more of her interacting. We never really got to see her interact with Wanda like once in the show. You know, we got some really great scenes with her and Vision. We got her with Jimmy and Monica and Hayward. Pretty much all of our other main players, we didn't get to see her with the star of the show with Wanda. Um, so I think that was a bit of a missed opportunity. Uh, so I I, I kind of lean towards Darcy just because cat dennings is just such a delight she's so funny i agree with the sarcasm thing when you said Aubrey plaza i was like wow a sitcom with the two of them as leads <laughs> that would wow. be great uh show. <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah I, I just i wanted to see more of her interact with all these other uh characters i think maybe a scene with her and and our guy ralph would be really funny because they could play yes. off each other really really well um <laughs> So, yeah, I I just think that uh, that was probably the biggest one where she she could have been utilized a lot more than I think she was. I agree. So
1: let's give it to the doctor, Darcy Lewis. Give her this award and make sure she has some
2: coffee. (laughs) Give her that coffee.
1: (laughs) All right. Let's move on to the next
3: award. And the winner is the
1: wallflower award yes kyle named this one very good name uh we're talking about characters who um do a lot with a little the ones that are kind of kind of there in the background kind of you know just the little wallflowers that uh are maybe not seen as much but we really want to see more of them okay they really do do whatever they do the best with what they're working with so who is your first
2: nom for wallflower award so for my first nominee, I'm going to go ahead and go with um, Dottie, who's played by uh, our girl Emma Caulfield Ford, you know, our, our girl Anya from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, I only I promise that only played about 20 percent into me picking this. But no, she's just she it's very interesting from the moment that she was cast. Obviously, with me, I'm going through the Buffy series and right i going through Angel right now. So I'd. I picked up on that and I was like, okay, she hasn't had a lot of big roles since Buffy, but that is a big name still, especially in the nerd culture. Like people know who that is. So she could be playing a very substantial role in this series. And I was convinced of that in the second episode, you know, in um, Don't Touch That Dial when she's introduced, Dottie when she's introduced. And she is uh, basically this kind of socialite kind of character who invites Wanda over and uh, she's. There, when we get one of the first glimpses into the real world, when Jimmy Woo is trying to reach Wanda through that that radio. Um, and I just I was convinced that she had to have maybe been involved with something or had to have more going on. Um, her name wasn't on the list of of citizens that was shown in that first <clears throat> episode outside of the hex. And so I thought that that was intentional. I thought they had to be playing some kind of long game with Dottie. Um, And then I think that she has one of the most like real uncomfortable, like really sad scenes in the finale when she, when Wanda ends up amongst all the citizens and she tells her, she was like, I can have my kids, you know, do that scene over for you. I can, my kids can do whatever you need them to do. Please just like, let us go or whatever. Like, it's just such a sad scene when you get realized that she is just a helpless citizen that has been trapped by, by Wanda's grief um but i love this actress i think that she is just really really stellar at playing um this kind of role like i said i haven't seen her in anything other than buffy um but i think that I, I i don't know i i remember when the show started i was like i can't wait to see what she does with this and i would have loved to see a lot more of of this character
1: i i agree i mean it was a, i think a bit of a red herring i i think mm-hmm. they definitely wanted things to kind of throw us off a little bit just kind of you know keep the mystery going as, long, as well as they could, yeah. And I think the fact is, Wanda had cast her as like the antagonist in the TV show. Yes. So that was giving those vibes off to us, but clearly it was it was a deep fake. You know, it was just like it was a pump fake showing us this while you know flourish.
3: It was acting
1: <laughs> all along. Right. You know? um, I like that. My first nom is going to be someone who had a little bit more play. I'm talking about Doctor Darcy Lewis. Mm. Okay. Um, she's just not in it enough to make me happy. I want to see more Darcy, okay? And the internet wants to see more Darcy. Like, literally after episode three and four, you know, people were like, give us this X-Files TV show of Darcy and Wu and, like, have Monica drop by, too, you know? yeah, Just them solving these supernatural MCU crimes and, and craziness because they work so well together. And I've been a big fan of cat dating since I was introduced to her. I believe it was Nick and Nora. Mm. I, I think yeah, sure. it's either Nick and Nora or Charlie Bartlett
3: Charlie oh, great Bartlett,
2: movie.
1: Is underrated as hell yes, okay. love that movie it has my boy. I think Anton Yelchiv
3: mm-hmm. Anton Lee. Yelchin yeah
1: uh, Rest in peace. yeah <sighs> love every role he did so much um, I love her in that Nick and Nora, I love two burke girls. Like I'm a big fan. I think her comedic timing is really good. She plays sarcasm, maybe better than almost anybody. Maybe (laughs) maybe Aubrey Plaza has it more than her, but it's a different kind of sarcasm.
2: Yeah.
1: But like her as Darcy, is so fun. Like you you brought up earlier, her roles in Thor, okay, Thor and Thor Dark World, I thought were some of my favorite parts of the movies. You know, she brought some comedy, some levity. Um, she gave us one of the best quotes ever and the best nickname for Milnor ever. "Mew mew." (laughs) -mew. (laughs) you, you know, and we see her grow. We see her glow up from, you know, she was just a Dr. Selvig's assistant.
2: Yeah,
1: I think, you know, and then now she's literally a doctor herself. Um, is she a physicist, I believe? Yes. Yes. So, like, she knows her shit, um. I mean, I probably would have wanted to do something crazy like that once I learned that there was different worlds and space and stuff like it'd be like, oh, okay, I can do something with this. Um, (laughs) But like we just we see a decent amount of Darcy. Like I said, just not enough. Okay, I wanted to her to be a little bit more active in it. Um, Her scenes in Episode seven are some of my favorite. And then she disappears from there. We don't get her back until she runs into Hayward, you know. And it's like stops them from uh, shooting everybody or like, you know, escaping away from the the whole thing. You know, she's like, enjoy prison. (laughs) Um, I just think she's great. She like, honestly, she's out there for like, you know, to throw out a sports reference. She's out there for like 10 minutes. She's getting like 12 points, five assists, four rebounds. You know, she's getting she's doing a little bit of everything, you know, vital part to the show. And I wanted more. And I think they did say that we are going to get her in some more stuff, hopefully. So hopefully she won't be the Wallflower Award nominee next time.
2: Right. Yeah. I I wouldn't I would not be surprised if she showed up in uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. I think that's the perfect way to bring her bring her back and give her a more substantial role. Um, So for my next nominee, I'm going to go with another of those kind of background actors that Wanda picked. Uh, My guy, Norm, played by. Asif Ali. Uh this guy was another one who just an actor I really wasn't familiar with. I think he's a pretty fresh a, a new actor. And first of all, his TikTok is great. He is so he's a stand-up comedian and he has gotten so many so much feedback from this show. And he's like, you know, I appreciate it, but he's like, Marvel, cast me in more things. I need money. I need payment. He's just like he's this really funny laid-back guy in real life. But uh he was great. I loved his scenes. I love his scene with uh vision when he kind of wakes up a little bit and he's like, you know, what's going on. I, I, I need help. I need you to, he, you know, you kind of plays the pronoun game. We were guessing if it's Wanda or Agatha, who he's talking about, (laughs) he says, she, she has me under control. You know, she has me stuck. She has me trapped. And then vision, you know, kind of puts him back to sleep a little bit, but, uh, he plays comedically well, like with Vision in those office scenes, but also in that scene, you see like the real panic in his eyes and in his voice. Like he plays it like he just at the drop of the hat plays it really, really well. So I just wanted to see kind of more of what he brought to the table. Um I thought it was great what he did, but it would have been fun to see a couple more scenes of maybe his panic or like his reaction to what Wanda did to the the city. I, I
1: very much appreciate you giving, you know, some noms to definitely very very uh limited roles um i very much like seeing him on on camera he, he definitely had a very nice positive energy um and of course he's a part of one of the first memes of wandavision you know like he's like oh my god uh i need mandalorian and you know wandavision smiles um yeah so i
3: you
1: know i i definitely want to see him him and more stuff and i feel like my favorite thing about television, okay, just a little side tangent, is like you see these these actors, like oh cool, I will ever see them again, and then you end up seeing them like this show and then this show. And you'll like go back and watch other shows you may have, might have watched before, and you right. never noticed this actor was in it, but now that you know about them, you're like holy crap, they're in this show, you know. Um, so I, I I hopefully I'll start seeing him pop up in more places.
2: Uh, what was his name again? Uh, Asif Ali. Asif Ali. His, his, if you're listening, his TikTok is also a, a great follow. He's a great stand-up comedian, just really, really funny.
1: Gotcha. Well, my uh, other nom is going to, of course, be a little bit more of a bigger player. Uh, I went with our boy Jimmy Wu. All right? Yeah. Uh, FBI agent. Um, of course, we got to know him in Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, he's checking up on our boy uh, Scott to make sure he wasn't breaking uh, his house arrest and he was fun, you know? And since then he's learned magic. Okay. He's got, got that down. He's getting some big cases. And, uh, so he's the here. We see him get to work with Monica and Darcy, really great chemistry. He sticks up for him when Hayward's being a dick, you know? Um, he has some great fandom discussion about, you know, whether captain Marvel or, or, uh, crap, I'm blanking. Or, um, Wanda, Wanda, yeah, of course. Wanda is stronger. <laughs> <laughs> Who we're talking about? You know, I love that. Um, I love, I just love Randall Park. Yeah, he's actor, great. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I gr- I fell in love with him in Fresh Off the Boat. I love that show. Super funny. And then, I mean, his turn in the interview is is something else. <laughs> um, and now I I literally just I, I watched the first episode of Young Rock the other day. Oh yeah. And so the premise, for anyone interested, you know, it's in the future, twenty thirty two, and it's his uh, presidential campaign, and so he's doing a special interview with Randall Park. Okay. This like special interview kind of personality, right? Okay, like he's playing Randall Park.
2: Oh, that's hilarious! I love that.
1: This is in our future, okay? (laughs) And so he's like the interview proxy, and him and Rocker just talking and. And that's going to be the whole TV show. So it's like How I Met Your Mother, but
2: Rock and Randall Park. Wow! So I had no intention to watch that show, and you just sold me on it with that. Like and I, oh, that's awesome.
1: I gotta say, like the way they flash back to Rock being a kid and then being a teenager, and I haven't seen him being the older person yet. But like, it's the first episode is pretty promising. I gotta say, and then seeing Randall Park, I was like, okay, I'm in like <laughs> it was like okay I wasn't sure but Randall Parks here I'm down
2: yeah for sure um,
1: but as Jimmy woo I just uh, you know same thing with Darcy he was there he had some good scenes I just wanted more I wanted more J- uh, Jimmy and I think they're setting him up for maybe a run of Agents of Atlas mm. which um you know I started doing some reading up on uh it was this really old comic and they just recently brought it back as this kind of uh asian inspired uh, superhero team and yeah. jimmy woo's kind of like the nick fury to the team you know putting it together keeping it together running it right that would be awesome yeah you know, we need more representation so if jimmy woo's kind of going to help us get that usher in more asian representation and characters in that awesome super group i'm down for it so yes um but in one division i just I wanted more you know he brought it but not enough
2: he he really is like the Keanu Reeves of the MCU. He's just so likable. Like, he's just... Ah, man. Every scene he was in, I was like, I just want to be this guy's friend.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I want to go hang out with him.
2: Yeah, exactly. So we've got some great nominees, great picks. Let's uh, break down the winner of this category.
0: And now the nominees for... Zeitgeist Award.
2: The Zeitgeist Award. Yeah, this is our... Uh basically the best pop culture reference, the best nod, best homage, obviously WandaVision, just by the very nature of it, the show is chock full of these things. So what's your first nominee in this category, Damon?
1: Okay, so this one just pops out to me because it's one of my favorite shows growing up. Um so the opening theme song intro for episode six. So that's like the two thousands, okay. Mm-hmm. And we go with the Malcolm in the middle intro. You know, you have like the static and then like you have the 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 frantic camera moving all around the house to showing different people and what they're doing and like the upbeat, like kind of pop punk uh, lyrics, you know, I can't even think of what the lyrics were, but you know, it's like, it sounds like kids in America. Like it has that like same kind of riff. Yes. Yeah. And, and sound like the exact yeah. same exact kind of energy. Um, and then like you break onto the uh, episode and you have Billy and Tommy, you know, who are now of course like 10 years old and you have them talking to the camera like Malcolm would always do at the beginning of an episode, you know, he'd be like, yeah, you know, I got to go to school and, and do this and that. And like, they're talking about the day getting started and then all that. Um, it was just a great homage to Malcolm in the middle and like two thousands, um, two thousands was a really cool time for TV because <clears throat> it was like the ushering of like from 99, you had like Sopranos, like really showed what prestige TV could do. And then you have comedy, like comedy in two thousands were just, I don't know. They were really experimenting. They they had some really interesting new ways to hit the sitcom, you know. And Malcolm in the Middle was kind of like a new age, um, kind of new age Family Ties almost, sort of like oh, you yeah. know, for sure. And, and seeing that family dynamic, I, I don't know. I just love them paying homage to the show. I'm I'm a huge fan. Uh, I love Frankie Muniz. Brian Cranston is is great. So yeah, I, I love them paying paying uh you know their respects. So what's your nom? Uh
2: so my first one is from that episode. It is the the Yo Magic commercial. Um all of the commercials in this show were so well done. Uh they as the show progressed, you know, they progressed and I love that they they were like really funny, but they also were really great hints at like Wanda's mental state throughout this show. Um, and the Yo! Magic one was really great because it hints at the fact that, you know, the, the tagline, it was like this, first of all, for the award, it was a great kind of homage to that era of television, like you're saying, that 2000s era. Uh, it was very reminiscent of like a go commercial, you know, <laughs> um, you have this this kid on an island and he, the shark, it's all like kind of stop motion and this shark comes up and offers him uh, like a Yo! Magic strawberry yogurt and he takes it but he can't get it open and he's like they do this like the time lapse and he slowly turns into a skeleton and dies and then the the slogan it like it cuts to like this close up of the box and the slogan says yo magic the snack for survivors and it's like there, I love how at this point of the show they were getting very like blatant and not subtle with the fact that like, all right, these commercials mean something. Like, pay attention to these commercials, and the fact <laughs> the fact that magic is the the thing for survivors. The fact that Wanda has only survived at this point due to her magic. The fact that she has created this entire world for herself due to magic. I love that they were just really hammering that point home. So it kind of serves that dual purpose of pushing the story along, but it's also a really fun homage. Cause I remember I immediately thought of like Nickelodeon and, the uh, you know, like the, hi, I'm Paul. That little like thing that would show up at the end of like Drake and Josh and stuff. Um, I got big vibes from that. So that's, that's my first nominee.
1: Hi, I'm Paul. Liz rent free in my head forever. <laughs> so Whoever you are, are Paul, you know, hi, I'm Dave. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, like, it's the homage to like those 90s, 2000s kids, like kid commercials, kids commercials were on a different level because they were advertising the kids. So like they didn't have to worry about anything that made sense. It just had to be funny or cool, you know, and like what well, with honeycombs, like the weird honeycombs. What was that creature? Was that an actual animal?
2: Did they create that? I have that no thing? idea. Like, yeah,
1: yeah you eat the honeycombs and it pop on your head. Like you turn mm-hmm. into it. <laughs> or, like, um, the gushers, you'd eat the gushers in your head would turn into a gusher. Yeah, Super vibes like that. Okay. Now. Okay. I, I like that you mit- brought this up though, because like you said, you are thinking like it's magic that is helping one to survive. I've, I've heard a lot of different theories actually about the yo, magic. Um, I like that you think that one that I like is, uh, I just heard it recently was that, uh, it was kind of about the kids, Billy and Tommy yeah for sure they can't survive without wand is magic because they're tied to the hex
2: right yeah i like that one too but I, yeah. I
1: like i like them all you know i don't really know which way they're going to go with it you know what they meant by that commercial it was a, like it was they were definitely telling you something but i'm a little ambiguous on what they were meaning so right yeah for sure i like that one um so my next nominee is going to be in episode two Uh, When the video for the WandaVision show goes from black and white to in color. Mm. Okay. Um, And this is funny because, of course, we just talked about this on our last episode last week. Okay. We covered 1960s TV shows. And uh, this transition, which, you know, the episode two was about the 1960s. You know, it was kind of showing that. So to show that transition from black and white to color, because that's actually what was happening in the 60s um it was so cool you know not only was it visually appealing it was so dope how they did it it was just kind of like crackling and like moving all across the screen as the you know the color was 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 blooming and um uh, i love that like i mean i think they they kind of was doing like kind of like i think it, i dream of genie kind of a homage yes. in that episode with the magic yes. and everything mm-hmm. um and of course i dream of genie also you know, with the color. I think that after 30 episodes, it switched. So it went from black and white to color. So that was a really cool homage, putting all that together and tying it up.
2: Um, I don't know. I just love that. Mm -hmm. 100%. That was a great one. Um, The only other one that I have is really just... So it's episode seven, Breaking the Fourth Wall. Uh, Wanda, like, just speaking to the camera, really harnessing that... um, Modern Family energy, uh, the mom from Modern Family. I've not seen the full, like, the show in its entirety. I'm not a huge fan, but I really love the the actress who plays the mom. And I remember she tweeted uh, after this episode came out. She was like, we made Modern Family just kind of hoping it would take off. We weren't really sure. We, we were playing with that, you know, the documentary kind of vibe of the show. And to see like Marvel which is the biggest thing right now pay homage to it and to see Elizabeth Olsen like nail it was like such affirmation that we made a, a a big show so I love that that happened and Elizabeth Olsen is so funny in that episode I mean I love the just another case of the Mondays am alright like I just she's and it's right after that really dramatic when she opens the, or expands the text. So this crazy dramatic thing that happens and then it goes back to this And it's like this whole episode of her just like hanging out at the house and being like depressed for a while. And yeah, it was just a great I love when things do like mockumentary style and like directly address the camera. Of course, we get the later on, we get the fact that Agatha was the one that was manipulating that and and working the cameras and like she was talking to wanda i love that thinking about that just messes with my head you know so that's i love that homage it was a great little uh kind of homage to you could say the office but i think it was more modern family like just especially in the opening you know
1: right i I mean even that episode like with when you had vision and uh darcy together it was giving me arrested development vibes
2: yes very As, much so.
1: like hardcore like mm-hmm. the music and the way they shot it like far from far away yes i was like this is the blooms like the blooms <laughs> like where, where are they at where's the banana stand <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so those are really good ones i think for the zeitgeist award uh but let's go ahead and talk about that winner
3: and the winner is
1: the zeitgeist award and, and really like i kind of like i had thought of this because we were doing wandavision first you know and like you said there's so many pop culture references um but so but out of all of them which one are you
2: leaning towards as the winner um oh, this one's tough <laughs> there's a lot of really good ones i think the ones that i'm leaning towards are the kind of like the the modern family riff the just the i the whole episode really, but the especially Elizabeth Olsen just addressing the camera full on, and that idea of like them paying homage to that whole genre of, of sitcom was super fun. And then I'm torn between that and um the like the theme the Malcolm in the Middle inspired theme song was just uh so fun. We, we we mentioned the other ones as being really catchy, but I think that one was probably the most creative. Like they they obviously had the most fun with that one, especially when you have um. That one has Pietro, right? You have him like,
3: uh-huh. uh, yep.
2: you know, he like shows up in the camera or whatever. And yeah, that one is just you could tell all the actors had a lot of fun with that one. You get uh, Elizabeth Olsen with like the crazy hair and the rollers and stuff like you could tell the writers really love Malcolm in the Middle, Malcolm in the Middle. So that was I'm torn between those two. Those are both really, really great
1: ones. Mm. Well, if I have to make the decision to help, I, I think I kind of have to lean towards the homage to the the mockumentary. I, you know, I, because it was done so well, like that mm-hmm. whole episode is a favorite of mine. And and like you said, Elizabeth Olsen just talking to the cameras gold like that whole time. She's just like, you know, like I I, I play that back in my head. She's always like, you know, I guess it's a case of the Mondays. I'm right. Like the way she <laughs> said, like, I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> just over and over in my head. Like, OK, Elizabeth, you know, just say it some more, please. Um, <laughs> Like her, her delivery in so in so many lines of this show is yeah. so spectacular. Yes. Um but they re- like I I think they nailed the whole mockumentary probably better than just about any of the other decade kind of homages. Yes. I think. So I, I, I think I kinda wanna I wanna give it to that. It, it's the mockumentary uh pop
2: reference. Well deserved. Well deserved. All right. So that takes us to our next category
0: and now the nominees for the easter egg award
1: the easter egg award so marvel is is huge on easter eggs okay like big time so we definitely had to have this for for uh an award so um it's essentially if you don't know what an easter egg is i don't know what you're doing here <laughs> no but seriously <laughs> it's it's something either subtle or a little bit more visible whether it be something someone says a prop, um, a number, a letter, literally anything that references something to do with like in in this case, either the past of the MCU or Marvel Comics, you know, mm-hmm. something that hasn't happened yet. it yeah. might. So what is your first nominee for Easter Egg award?
2: So, yeah, this is I mean, you can't have Marvel without Easter eggs. You can't have uh, an MCU show without without this idea. And the show was chock full of it. I mean, they did it in such a way that it was like it wasn't just Easter eggs for Easter egg's sake. Everything had a purpose. Everything, uh, you know, pushed the story along. I I loved that. Um, The first one that I'm going to go with is probably. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I think I'm going to go way back to episode one. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Episode one. Uh, It is the the scene where vision comes back in from from work and he's got uh, his tie on that the clip uh, is the exact clip tie clip from the the Tom King vision comic series. Um, I really love that. I so if you're listening, you haven't read the series. I highly recommend it. Um, I read it re-read it before the series started for like prep and they kind of pull from it i mean that one is a lot more vision centric it really doesn't have anything to do with wanda but it is it's tom king is such a great writer he's one of the best like modern comic writers and that series is just such a fun exploration of who vision is and and just he has a whole family in that in that series. And that was just a fun little nod because I wasn't sure what they were going to be pulling from comics wise, like whether they're going to pull from that or like maybe Avengers disassembled or stuff like that. And so uh, they I love that that was like their one little kind of mention because nothing else really refers back to that vision series. So just that one little blink. and It's the best kind of Easter egg that blink and you miss it like, oh, that's the tie clip. That's the exact same one. So that was that's my first nominee
1: i love it um i i love the very very subtle ones that like i didn't even know that one so i love finding it out like now you know i'm Mm -hmm. probably gonna find out a whole bunch more easter eggs like in the next couple months that people are gonna be like oh my god i was watching it for the 18th time and i saw this happen right yeah you know because we do that (laughs) Um, (laughs) my first one is going to be hydra soap okay yes from episode three uh, you know, you have the commercial about the uh, mom stressed, you know, take a bath and just kind of r- relieve it all, you know, this blue soak. soap. OK, um, I love this because it calls back to something <clears throat> that I didn't know that they were going to make canon or not. And I still don't know. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes.
3: <clears throat>
1: you have the episode of Coulson in the framework where, you know, he's like talking about this mind control soap that they give everybody to control their minds. Mm hmm and so the fact that they went with this was hilarious i love you know the the fact that they're connecting a main mcu property to agents of shield i love it you know even if it's an easter egg i love it Mm -hmm. uh
2: so my next nominee is going to come from uh i believe this is episode two it is the commercial for the strucker watch uh this one is one of those where they were like, all right, we're not going to be super subtle. You should know the name Strucker at this point. Um, So yeah, but you know, Baron von Strucker was the guy, the Hydra mastermind who had, he worked with uh, Wanda and Quicksilver ultimately was the one who was responsible for them um, being uh, exposed to the mind stone and awakening those powers in them. Um, And this commercial is really great. It it's uh, you know, it's this watch that, uh, the, the time on the watch is two forty two, and this is another one of those that i'm mentioning where it's like really subtle it uh avengers number 242 is a very big vision story it talks about vision being repaired after his deactivation you know against his will which is kind of the big theme of this whole show like a vision being brought back against his will um so i love that they deliberately went with that you know that time um I love when they do stuff like that. When it's like you can point out a very specific number and it goes back to this this comic story. Um, but just the idea of like bringing Strucker back and like the trauma involved with that was really cool. Uh, yeah, these commercials were all just so entertaining because they were like so upbeat and positive but they were especially the one where it was like lagos uh because mistakes happen and i was just like oh, that's that's rough that's oh, i forgot about that in civil war so yeah that's got to be my next nominee
1: i mean i love fake commercials we love fake commercials we do fake commercials really yeah <laughs> if anyone listens i hope you've you've enjoyed them okay give us some feedback okay yeah. um so cuz my next nominee is of course another commercial nexus okay you know the nexus pill um nexus is essentially a term used in the marvel comics for beings who are so immensely powerful that they have the ability to alter reality of course you know that's kind of part of what wanda is able to do um but not only that but they're able to kind of create problems with like the i think it's called like the time stream like the official time stream or something And so these Nexus beings are able to do that. And like, there's these people who are like, keep watch over them to make sure they don't fuck everything up because they can't, you know, and obviously Wanda has done it before, you know? So I love this because is this telling us that Wanda is in fact a Nexus being probably so Um, because we're going to get the multiverse of madness, uh, Dr. Strange sequel. Right. Yeah. Which is supposedly kind of like a direct sequel almost to WandaVision. Mm-hmm. so are we going to get to see her being a nexus being like essentially what is she going to do to is she going to create like a connection to all the multiverses or are they going to fold into each other you know just pick and choose like there's so many different little things that it could be you know like we know that the multiverse is going to happen you know but how is it going to happen and i really want to know like exactly what they mean by is she going to be a nexus being what is their take going to be on it i don't know Um, I love, I love the MCU because they, they're very comic book like, you know, comic books are always telling new stories and like different terms. Like, you know, they'll do a different run and, and, you know, they might take something from the different, from the uh, previous run, but like, it might be a very self-contained story, you know, they'll, they'll write Wanda completely different, you know, um, and the MCU, you know, they'll take inspiration from this and they'll turn it into that. And they'll take this this story and, and turn it into that. And I, I really like the MCU doing that. And so if they're able to do that for Nexus, I, I'm very intrigued.
2: Very, very. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, So for my, I have one more, my final nominee. This was oh. just a fun one. It's a really great callback to what was just kind of a like a throwaway joke in Ant-Man and the Wasp, but when Jimmy Woo shows up, he is, of course, doing a sleight-of-hand trick, and he learned that from Scott Lang in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I love that. I think that's super funny. I think Ant-Man and the Wasp is one of the more underrated MCU movies. I freaking love that movie. Every time I watch it, it goes higher and higher on my rankings. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I just love that that's a great callback to... The MCU is really great at that, like, really paying attention to these small details in their movies, to the fact that, he was paying attention to Scott, obviously doing that sleight of hand trick, and now he can do one of his own. And then it comes—it comes in hand, you know, much later when Jimmy Woo was able to get out of the those handcuffs uh, and do his, of course, his uh, uh what's the word? The uh, flourish, swoosh, flourish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, which he was doing.
1: Uh, he was doing his own pop culture reference to the Wandavision TV show.
2: Yes. Like, yeah. Which, which is, is just so, so good. like. Yeah. I hell. love. Yeah, I love that. That's just such great writing. So that callback just made me so happy. I love Jimmy Woo. I love Ant-Man. And I'll take any callback I can to Ant-Man and the Wasp. So that's my final nominee.
3: All
2: right, then. Uh, Let's see who's going to win.
3: And the winner is...
2: All right, for the Easter Egg Award. We've got a lot of great um, picks, a lot of great nominees. What jumps at you first, Damon?
3: Hmm.
1: I, I really like the Hydra Soak. Commercial, like just like it's hilarious thinking back to that. But I honestly, I think for Vision, I think the best one has to be the Strucker watch because of the double play. You know, it, it's the Strucker connection. He's the guy, you know, who the Hydra agent pretty much was the one experimenting on her and Pietro. And then it has the time, the 242, which is the connection to vision. You know, um when you're able to kind of put two little awesome Easter eggs together like that, so seamless, seamlessly. Mm-hmm. It's clever as hell. And I think I got to, you know, give props to that. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I lean towards that one as well. It's probably between that or the, um yeah, the Hydra Soak, just because I like, I agree. I love a connection to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. um One of these days I'll finish that show. One of these <laughs> days. <laughs> um, but. I, yeah, I think the the Strucker watch just is really clever because again, it reinforces like that that past trauma that Wanda had, and then once if you're a real eagle-eyed viewer, you can go to that comic and it's a great vision story. So it like marries the two characters really well, brings their past together in like this really succinct fashion. So I, I lean towards that one as well.
1: All right, then I believe that's uh, that settles that. Then uh, the Strucker watch wins the Easter Egg award. Only nice. thing Strucker's ever won.
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry, Strucker.
1: <laughs> All right, then let's move on to that next award.
0: And now the nominees for Valedictorian.
2: All right, that's right. It's time. The Valedictorian Award. This is the best performance in WandaVision. This is, I think, for our FE's in the future, this is probably going to be one of the hardest awards we give out each time. Uh, so many great performances in this show in just nine episodes just all of these actors just had such a great chance to really flex and and show their acting ability so what's your first nominee for this category
1: all right um to be honest i only have one because i only needed one and i hope it's the same as yours elizabeth olsen as wanda maximoff okay and uh, I'm cool if we end up renaming this award down the road as the Wanda Maximoff Award for a little while. <laughs> because, like, to to paraphrase this crossover meme, give this woman an Emmy, the Black Panther <laughs> meme, like, okay? You know, yeah, give her all the Emmys and awards. Like, you saw people kind of start talking, like, after, like, the first two episodes drop, like, wow, she was really fun, you know? She's really animated. She's really pulling off, like, these vibes, you know? Like... Like even like the the inflection on her words, like they sounded like they were in the fifties and sixties, right? And then we see her go from there to the seventies to the eighties. We see her pregnant, you know, and having to deal with that. We see her scared. We see her, um, what's the word? Um, confrontational with with uh, Monica when she mentions Ultron and her brother. Um, and then we see her downright scary when <laughs> she goes to confronts Hayward. We see her do so many things. Um, there's not many things I don't like we don't see her not do, you know, like she's performing at such a high level and excelling. Um, just like everything from her little facial facial features, like we we're talking in the uh, mockumentary episode, just like the way she pursed her lips and makes like, you know, like, what am I going to do about it? You know, and then like when she's really concerned, you can always tell when Wanda's is really mulling something over in her head you know because like she'll have the furrowed brow and the scrunched up face and you see her in so much anguish in the previously on episode we see her just becoming beaten down more and more as we see her life unfold and losing vision in her this memory again Mm -hmm. and she does it so well I, I love it like I mean people were just after every episode, people was like, okay, Elizabeth Olsen's amazing. And like, you know, I'm not going to go against that because the fact is she she was Vision. This was about her. This was about her grief and being able to overcome it. I don't know if she did. I mean, I, I guess, you know, her being able to say goodbye to Vision and her kids was was maybe closure. But then again, we see her... Studying the Dark Hold, which mm. is like the Dark Hold. You don't just study the Dark Hold to, you know, do some light reading. It's evil. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's dark magic. So I don't think she's done yet. And obviously, we're going to see her in Multiverse of Madness. So um, I think she, I really want to see her see how well she plays that little bit more darker side, you know? Um, and I, I cannot wait um i loved it what's your nominee
2: yeah uh j- just for variety's sake to throw out a, co- a couple other nominees because we know this i mean this is the the award for elizabeth olsen but uh, i thought katherine hahn was solid as agatha harkness um we've talked a lot about uh tiana paris as monica rambo she's just phenomenal um Paul Bettany is great as Vision. He gets some great comedic timing, but in the confrontational scenes, he's also fantastic. He gets to do double duty. You know, he trolled us all when he said there was this yeah. cameo. <laughs> he was so excited about working with himself as as White Vision, which I thought was hilarious. And he's great. But yes, this this is Elizabeth Olsen's show uh, through and through. She is just phenomenal from the beginning. I love in the early stages how funny she is and how perfectly she nails every beat of like the fifty, sixty sitcom housewife and then transitions into I mean the true moment where you really realize that Elizabeth Olsen is like fully in control of this show is in episode three, I think, when she when she gives birth and uh, you know, confronts Monica, Geraldine, and and like really like the tide starts to turn and she's singing that Sokovian song to her her kids and she mentions like I had a brother and just her accent comes back. Like Elizabeth Olsen just She used to struggle a lot with that accent in like Age of Ultron. I remember that was a big thing. She just couldn't really nail it. And in this, she's so great when she just immediately jumps back into it. And it's like, I think of that moment. I think of, you know, the moment when she leaves the hex, like you mentioned, and confronts Hayward. And then, of course, just really the whole episode uh, previously on. But especially that moment with Vision. And then really when she sees the letter that he left her, you know, to... They were going to build a home in Westview and her grief just explodes after that. I mean, she is just a phenomenal actress. I'm so glad that she's gotten such a prominent role in the MCU. And I'm glad that it's not done. Like you said, like she is very much on a, on a bad path with that dark, that dark hold. So I'm curious to see what happens with her and Doctor Strange. But yeah, this was Elizabeth Olsen show beginning to end so this this is very very well deserved i'm down man if we want to call this the the wanda maximoff award or the the scarlet witch award I a hundred percent am behind that decision
1: (laughs) i love it because i mean really like vision too vision did his thing both characters really gave us like they went from uh, super under underdeveloped in the mcu like from people being like oh they got together why are they together like what what and like people like I don't even know what Scarlet Witch's powers are, you know, and she's not even Scarlet Witch at the moment, you know. Right. We see her become Scarlet Witch here. We see them saying we don't know what her powers are, but she's going to go and learn them, you know, mm-hmm. realizing that she is a witch and it, she was born with it. Um. So I cannot wait. Um. So yeah, I'd be so down to call it the Wanda Maximoff award. <laughs> it's <laughs> so well deserved. <laughs> um. Yeah, we didn't even have to go to the winner. Uh break you know because this this, you know there was no need we were going to call it Um, but that's the valedictorian and let's move on to that next award
0: and now the nominees for best memory
1: so the best memory um, we mean this as in the best scene or moment for the series or property that we're going over so for WandaVision of course um the the moment or scene that really just we think is done you know done the show it's justice it's the most excellent the most thought-provoking most visually appealing all you know just puts it all together and is maybe the the heart or the the showstopper of WandaVision
2: what's your what's your nominee So for my first one this was one that I almost had for the most likely to go viral award you know that most shocking or rewatchable scene but I think this one is just just to sum it up is like the best because it's so creative so unique Uh, I have Monica waking up from the blip you know or returning from from the blip. just a really, really, really cool picture at what that looked like. You know, I love how I saw a YouTube video the other day that um, clipped together like that moment in Endgame when Hulk snaps people back. It was clipped together with this scene from WandaVision and the 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 stuff from Far From Home uh which i love it because those are all different tones like endgame it's like this very victorious scene that happens uh far from home is obviously hilarious i love that opening when they like show up in the gym and stuff so funny um and then this is like this it's it's like an apocalyptic like rapture kind of moment like it's just this absolute chaos really traumatic moment um and then uh, obviously it it feeds into you know wanda's origin i'm sorry not wanda monica's origin in losing her mom you know her mom was alive five years ago and when she comes back her mom is has passed away and she has to deal with that and so it very much builds her character as well but i think it's just this really really great like we have never seen a moment like this before that pictures like the blip as such a cataclysmic event so i love i love this scene
1: I also went back and forth between putting that like you know on this this or on the uh, most viral um I went ahead and went with the another monica scene for the for best scene and it's of course her origin scene the the superpowers the walking through the hex you, you know she's like you know she tried to go through with a truck and it just shit the truck out she's <laughs> like i'm you know i'm going through i can i can do this and they're like you You know who knows what's going to happen she doesn't care she's going to do this she's determined to help wanda and all those people in there so like pushes her way through and like we see it all staticky and like her body starts like breaking apart like into different like versions of herself almost mm-hmm. yeah Like we hear voices like we hear her mom maria we hear fury we hear um we hear uh, Carol, you know, talking about, like, you know, you want to fly like your Auntie Carol. You know, you've always been the survivor. You know, you're the strongest person I know. All these signs. And, like, just her trying to fight through it. And then her eyes pop blue. And then she's able to push through. And she lands. And then we see the we see the anomaly through her eyes. And everything's kind of, like, pulsating almost and glowy and melty. And we're seeing her use her powers for the very first time. Um, and for anyone who doesn't really know what her powers are, I believe she's able to control the electromagnetism of light. So mm-hmm. she's able to kind of bend and control light. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means in the MCU, but I, at one point she was able to like kind of like f- teleport, transport through light, almost yeah. like move through light, um, and she's able to control it. Like, I, it's a very Broad spectrum, so to say, uh, which, of <laughs> course, I think is going to be her superhero name, Spectrum. Uh, you know, it, people think it's either going to be that or Photon, which, or you photon, know, that's yeah. her mom's uh, call name. Right. OK with either. Um, but that scene is so epic. Like, it, like, you know, we already was we already cared about Monica. And then we get that little hint like, oh, you've already been through the hex multiple times. Your blood is. Is changing, you know. One more time, who knows? So we yeah. already know it's kind of coming, and but to see it happen was so amazing. It's it's one of my favorite like transformations. Like I guess power, um, power get. What would you even call it? I guess power, um, attainment.
2: Scenes? Yeah, just like a, a he- heroic origin, you know, yes. like the, you know, I, the spider
1: bite or Tony yeah. in, the, in the cave.
2: Yes, I compare it with stuff like that. I, I had it really reminded me of like the scene in Into the Spider Verse when Miles jumps off the building. Like mm-hmm. it's just such an epic, like fist pumping moment. Um, because there's so much. It's not just cool because it's someone getting their powers. It's cool because the character is already a character we love. Because the, the show did such a good job of setting her up, and we have reason to root for her. Like we hear her motivation. I love that we get to hear all these voices of people that have you know impacted her life, and then. Yeah, it's just, it's so dope, man. The visuals are awesome. I love the way they did the the Hex and the colors around her. And then, yeah, it's just, it's a perfect moment. Um, so for my next nominee, um, I'm going to go ahead and go with the, we've already referenced it quite a bit, but the moment from uh, previously on, it's the flashback to uh, Vision and Wanda, you know, in the Avengers compound, Wanda's watching, I think it is Malcolm in the middle (laughs) and uh, Vision, you know, decides to come in and kind of comfort comfort her. She talks about how she's grieving over Pietro and we get the great, you know, what is grief, if not love, persevering. That whole moment, I think, just anchors the relationship behind this show, right? Like that that show or that scene justifies why she does what she does she because their their bond was so strong and i think it was really formed in that moment and it's just this really beautiful like human moment of these two people one of them not even he's not even really a human being but the fact that they're able to come together and connect in this moment is just a really really great moment and it's probably both actors at their peak like it's but their best performance in in that scene Uh,
1: i love it i love that scene um another nominee for me is going to be the agatha reveal you know like you got a uh, her in the house and it's like where are the boys at oh you know i think they're going playing in the basement you know and walk down and starts getting dark and it's like literally walking into a different world like as it happens you feel like the mood change and shift and you start seeing like the vines and you, it's like start looking around. oh look there's a glowy book in different corridors who knows you know and you kind of like hear like this uneasiness like you hear the silence happening and then agatha comes down it's like oh you know uh what 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 did she say uh you're not the only one with magic you know Mm -hmm. and and then it drops into the agatha all along song so like that whole scene i think was done so well and like everyone was like okay when we heard about agnes being cast Everyone that either researched it or knew about Marvel knew that was probably Agatha. Okay, mm-hmm. we we had an idea. Agatha was a character that's been connected to Scarlet Witch. Right, but they did such a good job at the reveal. I'm not like, well, it was so obvious. Well, no shit. We won't like that's what we wanted. Yes, and they delivered, and they delivered in such a fun way. It was so entertaining. They gave her own theme song, (laughs) which so perfectly into the whole like meta of the show. I loved it. Yeah. Like I almost put that on the most viral, but like to go viral, but I was like, but at the same time, it's like, it's just a great scene. Like just all of it, you know? So I had to have that there. Um, Yeah. What's your next name?
2: That's a a great call. Um, My, so my final uh, nominee is going to be, One of the final scenes in the finale, it's Wanda envisions, you know, goodbye scene. It's just, I mean, it. Everything has kind of been leading to this from the very first episode. You've been wondering, uh, you know, do do they get out of this or this show alive? Does Vision exist outside of this hex? And and you know, it's been leading up to this, but you're still not prepared. You're not ready for it. It's just, I mean, it's so emotional. They did a great job too in the marketing. I remember. When the trailer came out for this show, that shot of them looking out the window at like the the hex closing in, very much looked looked like a a mid season shot, right? I thought that was going to be when like the the conflict started or they were going to fight someone or something. So it was really great deception from <laughs> from Marvel. Um, that being like the emotional crux of the entire series was a great call, and then uh, the the line from Wanda is just beautiful, and then. Uh, just the visual of uh, Vision saying goodbye, darling, and as his whole body is kind of fading away, and then it's just his face. It's just, oh, it's so fucking sad, but it's just, it's such a beautiful moment. So that that has to be my my final nominee. It really is beautiful.
1: Well, let's uh, go and talk about who we think should win.
3: And the winner is...
2: All right, so we have lots of great uh, nominees to choose from. Uh, what's winning the best memory, Damon?
3: When it comes
1: down to it, I, I feel like it would. I can't go against that last scene, like the last cl- scene between Juan and Vision. Like you said, it is culmination of the whole show of their relationship, of her grieving process. Like if this was like kind of like her own crazy batshit way of like therapy you know and like going through the you know all the different steps this was her acceptance like this was yeah. the goodbye this was like okay um you know we will say hello again but you know this is us saying goodbye for now um it was beautifully shot it had the amazing lines and and i will the only thing i have a gripe with it seemed like it was taking forever for that damn hex to come on down. (laughs) It's like, okay, is it coming? Okay. (laughs) They're going to grab some, some tea now. Okay. They put the kids to bed. They're going to sit there for a little bit. Okay. Is it coming yet? No. Okay. Other, but like it, it, it gave the scene a little bit time to breathe. I think they could have rushed it a little, just a little bit more. Yeah. But I mean, I'm nitpicking really. That scene is just amazing. I, I feel like I, I have to would give it to that. What what are you uh, leaning towards?
2: Yeah, I I'm torn between that and Monica's, you know, like heroic origin. Um, I agree about like the it felt like it was just so long. I think that added just, just how sad it was because it was you're just waiting. You're like, when is the hex coming? You know? Like, and I think end that, it. <laughs> yeah, really, and my and my suffering. Uh, but I think a lot of that too was like Wanda herself was putting it off as long Uh, as she uh, could you know she was she was like i'm gonna make this last as long as i possibly can before i have to say goodbye so i thought that was a really beautiful touch and then yeah that or i think the monica moment is just if this was not a show called wandavision i think that my easy pick would be you know monica's heroic origin just because man it's just it, it ranks as one of my favorite of those kind of moments in the mcu because she's already such a fan favorite. And uh, her getting those powers, her going through that experience and getting through the hex is just such a like an uplifting and like uh, empowering moment. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is WandaVision. You know, it's all about these two characters. So I've got to go with, yeah, Wanda and Vision's goodbye.
1: It it deserves it. So the goodbye wins best memory. And now we're going to move on to the very last category of the WandaVision Effies.
0: And now the nominees for Game of the Year.
2: All right. We're here. We made it. Final final award of the night. Uh the game of the year. This is gonna be the best episode. Um this is might change with other shows that are multiple seasons, but because this is just a one season show, this is gonna be the best episode of the season. Um so for our final category, what are your what's your first nominee, Damon?
1: All right. Uh we've talked about it quite a lot already. I'm going to go with episode 7, breaking the fourth wall. Mm. Um like I just think everything about the episode works so perfectly. Um you know, we get kind of like the the hangover from the uh from the Halloween episode and uh you know, Vision getting uh kind of beat down and uh the hex, you know, and wide- widening broadening everything, you know. Um and so you know you have the whole mockumentary style going on, which is just hilarious. It's done so well. You have Elizabeth just, just going on. You have Vision and Darcy together. You know you have like the fact that Darcy at first is is just a,
2: oh
1: uh, 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 crap, what are they called? The uh, escape artist.
2: Oh right. And she's yeah. like,
1: yeah, you know, I put in for the the bearded lady, but you know this complexion. <laughs> um, and like this, their connection and throughout the whole episode was hilarious and really well, really well done. Like, you know, him telling her telling him kind of about what happened to him, you know, because he has no idea because it wasn't him technically. Right. You know, so that was great. You have Billy and Tommy doing, you know, really kind of worried about their mom, not really sure what to do. Um, you know, you have Agatha taking him away. Um, you have what you have. Darcy envision trying to get back to Wanda and just having <laughs> stuff keep getting in the way, like the the bus the the bus stop coming on and just you know the construction work just over and over again. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, and then you get, um, well, let's see, you get um, okay, you get the post credit scene for one. Okay, you get uh, you get our girl Spectrum. You know Monica walking to uh the back of um i'm just blanking i'm tired guys <laughs> of um agatha's house which is of course Ralph's house mm-hmm. and she opens it and see the vines and then we get of course my fa- one of my favorite lines of the show snoopers gone snoop <laughs> got boner just right behind her and uh, we assume i guess he just knocks her out but like really what happens in that like what happens from there to her being inside the house like what yeah. happens? And why is he able to control her? Like why is she unable? She not able to just? I guess because he's so fast, right? Is yeah. the answer? But also, how does he get the fat? The speed because mm-hmm. is he actually Quicksilver? And it, we uh, roll back to that question again. It opens it up. Um, But I just love every single part from beginning to end of episode seven. And then of course it gives us an end credit scene, which we've been waiting for the whole mm-hmm. series. Like, yeah. I don't know how many times, like, I just kept waiting. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'll go all the way through the credits, just in case. I know you.
3: Marvel.
1: <laughs> and then Marvel's like, okay, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, episode seven. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I just love that episode. Uh, what's your not first
2: nominee? Uh, so, my first one is going to be um, going back to episode two. Uh, don't touch that dial. I, I just... Really, I really loved the, those first two episodes. I love that they dropped on the same night. Um, I think if we just got one, that I just oh, would have been so frustrating. But getting both of them was just such a great intro to what the show was going to be. Um, and don't touch that dial was just such a fun episode. You get you know the magic act with uh, Wanda and Vision, which is super fun. You get the really great moment when Wanda finds the um, the helicopter that's in color. Uh, which is a really cool moment of like messing with your head of like, what's really going on. Obviously you get Paul Bettany playing up the physical comedy with the, the gum in his system. Always super funny. Um, You've got the scene where Jimmy Woo is trying to reach Wanda through the radio. Um, And then you've got obviously the really, really awesome ending where uh, you know, they, they leave the house and they see the beekeeper who's with sword and, wanda just says no and everything rewinds back to that moment with her inside and she's pregnant this time and i i just that moment is like Shocking. I, may, I, maybe I should have included that in the most likely to go viral because it's just like, whoa, she is fully in control of what's happening here. Um, so I, I love this episode. I mean, the first one was really great too, but this was the really the episode that introdu- introduces what this show is going to be, how weird it's going to be, how surreal it gets at points, and it's but it still plays with the the fun sitcom trope at the same time.
1: It does. It's a really good episode. Um, my next time is episode five. On a very special episode. Um, you know, here we get Monica back in the real world uh, with Darcy and Wu playing off each other. Um, I love that connection. I love that chemistry they, they're building. Um, they just are all on the same page. They're good people trying to do right, you know. And then they're just trying to fight back with from Hayward, you know. They're, they're kind of a, we have like the whole Monica telling Hayward she's not a terrorist kind of whole thing. Uh, You have Hayward been kind of being a douche to them and them telling to shut the fuck up. Um, And then, of course, let's see, we get the reveal that Wanda is rewriting, rewriting reality because of Monica's uh, bulletproof vest, you know, turning into her awesome 80s attire. I mean, 70s attire. That was really cool. So, you know, just this was an episode where it started giving us a a lot more questions. I mean, a lot more questions answered, you know, we're kind of figuring out more things um sword drops a drone inside you know which Wanda kind of goes off on and of course we get her coming outside and confronting Hayward which we've talked about multiple times won an award um and then we get Vision confronting Wanda you know we kind of get them kind of you know floating and being like what's up what's up
3: what's up (laughs) um
1: and and Vision's just like what is going on and and Wanda's like I don't know this isn't me and then of course we get the the amazing Viral scene of our boy Pietro showing up as just the the chef's kiss on the end of the the really, really amazing episode.
2: Yeah, that's a solid one. I that's just so much happens in that one. I just immediately think of that. Yeah, that scene between Wanda and Vision. I remember watching that for the first time and thinking like, holy shit, we're going to get a full on like fight between vision and wanda which i'm glad we didn't i'm glad they went in a different direction but just that moment is so intense i love that and then yeah capping it off with the pietro reveal at the end was um was perfect so for my final nominee um i'm gonna go with uh we interrupt this program we haven't talked about this episode a whole lot but uh it's episode four it is the first episode that you know takes place completely outside of the hex um, and it's basically, you know, filling in all of the the background info on how Monica came to came to this position. Right. She came to uh, become Geraldine. Um, we get her backstory of waking up from the blip. We get um, we get her, you know, meeting Jimmy Wu and starting to work with uh, sword and trying to figure out what's going on in, in this hex. Um, I, I believe this is also the introduction of Darcy. Mm-hmm. Um so we get that. We get her going in and, and becoming Geraldine and, and going into the hex. Um, we get the uh, the answer to who the, the beekeeper was, which was, you know, the agent of, of S.W.O.R.D. Um, all of this crazy, crazy stuff. And then I believe this one also has that really, really shocking uh, shot of Vision uh, when Wanda looks at him and it cuts to dead Vision, you know, the, the corpse Mm -hmm. With that, without the Mind Stone, it's just such a like, oh, my God, so unsettling. Just all this really, really great stuff. And it's such a fun kind of fill in the gaps episode. Uh, I was kind of taken aback the first time or when it first started because I was loving all the sitcom stuff. But once it settles in, you really it's a really fun episode because it fills in some vital information that you need going forward.
1: Agreed. I mean, this was kind of the episode where it really tilted the scales in favor There was a lot of people who weren't very sure about WandaVision. Yeah. There were a lot of people who weren't big fans of the sitcom style. I'm like, why are you watching? Like, this was the whole idea of the show, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But this episode, you know, it kind of grounded it a little bit more. It really showed us what was actually happening in reality. It introduced Monica to us in that awesome blip intro. Uh, We get Jimmy back. We get Darcy. We get all that. We just answer a bunch of questions that we. Pretty much like we're asking the last three episodes, you know, and of course, some people are like, "Okay, cool, but nothing else has happened well we we need to find answers first before we keep going, guys, like yeah, I thought it was a super well done episode. um I thought about putting it on there, I was like, oh i, I it was either that or episode five. I kept going back and forth, so I'm glad you picked it as well. Mm. um, I think all these are super strong contenders. uh, shall we uh debate? yes.
3: And the winner is.
1: All right, Kyle. Who are you voting for for Game of the Year? The best episode of WandaVision.
2: Yeah, man, this is really tough. These episodes were so good, man. <laughs> uh, I I think the first one that really jumps out to me is um, on a very special episode. Because, yeah, it's just there's so much moving parts in this one. We've already made the leap outside the hex to you know Monica and and Darcy and Jimmy, um, so we have that going on. But we still have the main plot going on inside the hex with with Wanda and Vision. Tensions are really starting to brew between Vision and Wanda. Um, you know, we still have a fun homage to like the '80s, so that's still that's still there. But things are really starting to crumble and, and kind of the veil is starting to get torn a little bit on Wanda's reality. And I think all of that, and then wrapping it up with the really great, like shocking tease of, of Pietro Um, and and Wanda leaving the hex and confronting Hayward. Like there's just so much that pops in this episode that that's got to be, that's the one I'm leaning for the most. What about you?
1: Same actually, because like I didn't even mention like this is the episode where like, you know, you have them trying to take care of the crying babies and they won't stop, and then they go from crying babies to five-year-olds.
2: Yeah, right.
1: And then the dog shows up, and they go from five-year-olds to ten-year-olds so they can have the <laughs> dog, and then the dog dies. Yeah. Like, all of that, all of that happens with already <laughs> everything we discussed. So, like, right. literally, this episode is just action-packed, and then, like, all of that, and then bam, Pietro at the end. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, we're doing all this, and then we're going to throw Quicksilver on top of it. It's like, you're not ready for it. And I I, I think it has to be episode five. I, I think that's who's got my vote.
2: Yeah, 100%. Agreed? Yeah.
1: All okay. right, then. Episode five on a very special episode wins the last award of the night, game of the year. And that's I believe right. that concludes the awards of the WandaVision Effies. Kyle, that was a lot of fun. How you feeling?
2: that was a good one man i oh man i was so excited for for these to be our our you know our regular award show episodes man um we've we've got an exciting future ahead guys we've got plenty of different franchises and shows and, and movies we're going to cover um i want to give a big shout out and thanks to our friend jess for being our, our lovely announcer tonight uh announcing all these categories uh so thank you jess um this was just tons of fun, man. Uh, How would you feel about this?
1: I I love this. Um, it was a really random idea that I had. You know, I've been thinking, I kind of wanted to do a recap kind of episodes of something, you know, and uh, this was what happened, and it just kind of flowed. I, I really enjoyed it, and I hope people take to it. I really th- think people might like it. Because um, I really want to do a bunch more. you know. If y'all have any questions or comments, ideas, just send them over to planet.fantasypod at gmail.com. Follow us on uh, Twitter and uh, IG at planet.fantasy. And uh, hope to see you there. And uh, yeah, just keep on listening, guys. We'll
2: catch you guys next week.
1: Bye, everybody. Coming to a streaming service never. John M. Chu takes on the movie musical of a lifetime. Clark Kenton is in love with Lois Lane, his coworker at the Daily Planet, but she has been in a serious relationship with his best friend, Jimmy Olsen. Clark doesn't want to change anything, but that's when Mr. Mixie himself shows up, the reality-warping trickster himself. See, he is a big fan of Clark and Lois together. It's his OTP across all realities. And so he decides to poke his nose in it and turns the whole world into one big musical. Superman. Mixed feelings. Rated N for nothing. See this movie only in your imagination? But feel free to check out the podcast episode where it was drafted. Episode 17, Dream Superman Movie Fantasy Cast.